Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Real Debaters. I'm Michael Petro, your host and one of the debaters on the show. Welcome to COVID Watch number two. Uh, for those of you who are new and this is your first episode of us and you're trying us out for the first time and you're like, what are these guys like? Well, our previous episodes are a little different because COVID has uh, made podcasting interesting. I am uh, sure a lot of... A lot of shows out there that everybody's listening to have uh, changed to a phone call format. So have we. That is what you're about to expect with COVID Watch. So uh, last week we called uh, Martin, we called Dan, and uh, we talked to my buddy Myron, a local Winnipeg film professional. Just checking in with everybody, seeing how they're doing. And it's obvious we're all at home watching a fuck ton of television. So we've incorporated television in the show now too. We'll see if that sticks. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but the whole purpose of uh, the next few weeks and the episodes that we're going to produce are everybody is their own new film critic, right? If you weren't a big TV and movie buff before, you sure are now because we're all watching new shit to stop thinking about the vid, right? It's, it's We need a break sometimes, and what, what better way to do so than by clicking on the, the tube and losing yourself in something for a couple hours. So uh, we're extending the show to family, friends, uh, other podcasters. Uh, from around the country, uh, special guests, local film professionals. We're just going to do a one-on-one show instead. Try to keep it the spirit, but we've just limited it from my living room for now. So that's what you can expect. Uh, the, the show is brought to you by Proper Design Works. Our friends at Proper Design Works are a custom clothing and embroidery manufacturer in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, where we're all from. Uh, Chris Goatsman and his team down there are fantastic individuals, and they're wizards with with clothing. Um Example being custom clothing is something that they're very passionate about and they love to do. So if you're looking for something that's a little more tailored to you, uh, you can talk to them about that, which you can see all their custom work uh, on. It's at Proper Design Works on Instagram, at Proper Design Works on Instagram to see all their stuff. Um, If you're looking for COVID masks, they're doing them as well right now, too. They're trying to do their part, making sure that we all stay and play it safe. So uh, you can see the masks that they're making online. And then lastly, if you're looking for some embroidery or or a custom design for uh, a company you own or an event you're trying to put on, uh, they do bulk orders as well, too. Uh, Their embroidery machines are the shit. They should see what they do with new hats these days. Um, so you've, you've got a lot to choose from if you're looking for a clothing provider in your life in these crazy times. So uh, if you want to start a conversation with them, uh, info at properdesignworks.com is their email address. Again, that's info at properdesignworks.com. And you can check them out at Proper Design Works on Instagram. This week on the show, let me get this right. We've got Jimmy Skinner, Chris Stanton, and Mark Cowell on the show. Um, I call them. We check in, see what they're watching, play some fun games. Uh, I have come up with a way to do some one-on-one debates. So uh, with this one, uh, tweet at us, at Real Debaters on Twitter, uh, and you pick who won between me and Mark. We, we, we played some little scenarios, some back and forths, and, and I, I think if you get to pick this time because we can't vote for ourselves, I think that would be fun. What do you say? I don't know. If you tweet at us, I'll obviously get the hint. Um, what else? What other housekeeping can we talk about? Oh, yeah, we got a website. I should be telling you all about the website. Uh, therealdebaters.podbean.com. That's where cast biographies are. That's where funny content from the show is. If we've got some, uh, you can check out our merch stands for t-shirts and hoodies and hats. Oh, my. Uh, we've got a couple prop shops there for you. Pretty punny name, I know. Uh, so there's a ton of stuff there. So, again, uh, therealdebaters.podbean.com. That's the real debaters.podbean.com. That's the website. Uh, without further ado, I'll cue the real and you enjoy the show. 
really hyped him. <laughs> this might this might go off the rails pretty quick. Uh, all right, so Jimmy Skinner, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, debaters. <laughs> I I was saying this to uh, to a buddy of mine um, that. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed doing this and how like other how how much other stuff came from this than just like sitting around and shooting the shit podcasting. So every time I hear you guys voice I'm like, "Oh, fuck, this sucks we're not together." Oh, I would agree. We definitely took it for granted. Right? <laughs> totally. Like so many things I'm not taking for granted like when I go back to work, like 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 touching every door handle. <laughs> Kissing other employees. Yeah, right? Like what? <laughs> Gone are the days where you could just walk up to your fellow coworker and start making out, and just smack one on the cheek, you know. <laughs> All right, so this is the second episode of of what I've just working titled called it COVID Watch. Ah, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real NBC name. Yeah, right. So. Um, what we did on the last one was we, we, we just basically talked the, sh- like we, we've, we've turned this into a real talk essentially, Jimmy, I think is what it is, but it's, it's kind of branched out to anybody who wants to do this. Cause I'd mentioned it. Cause why not? Right. Yeah. Well, why not? Number one, but like number two, like we're all watching stuff now, not just like, Oh, I, I mean, everyone's TV and movie consumption has just skyrocketed. Exactly. So that's where the whole note, like let's let's play with TV, let's play with YouTube, let's play with what everybody's watching right now, and then we can argue. We maybe we can find other things to argue about and and, and carry this forward. <laughs> oh, we'll never we'll never run out of things to argue about. That's true. That's so true. Like I'm 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 so ready to go back to to, to the good old <laughs> days. But for now, I figured um, let's start with a fairly um, topical topic, for lack of a fucking better word. Um, there was an article that I sent you that we kind of talked about back and forth, and then I thought this would be a great place to shoot the shit about it. Um, now that this is probably what another sixty days, let's like COVID another sixty days. I think maybe. I, man, I don't. You can't put a number on it. We have no idea. Yeah, um, that's that. <laughs> that is a that is a fucking like liberal guess right now. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, that's that's a hope in a high water, but um let's just say for let's just say 90 days let's just be for for the sake of this argument that's right. 90 days of movies that were supposed to come out that are now finding a home on streaming services because you got to let it see the light of fucking day you spent... people need to see it right if you, yeah exactly like like with disney plus and disney plus is doing a lot of it like they let frozen 2 out and they let onward out yeah and onward apparently is very great i have not seen it yet I I hear. Sorry, it, not to derail. This. No, no, no. This there's no. We're very very liberal rails. Too. <laughs> um, but like with with this whole rant that I've I've just put in your ear. My whole question is is that it seems that okay. Like eventually, what does it take? Twenty eight days to break a habit, right? In a week to form one. Well, that's a lot of weeks to form a new habit of just releasing straight to streaming and making it digitally available to the public, which is a very big threat to the movie theater. And the movie theater in general has worked really fucking hard to bring our asses back to the theater. So 
What are your thoughts? Are, yeah, are they are they on the rise? Like, obviously not. But before COVID, were they on the rise? It felt like people were going to the movies more. Yeah, I I remember. Do you remember when it was like twenty bucks to go see a movie? Oh, absolutely! It was awful. Nobody went. Nobody went, and then they dropped the prices back down to like fifteen, like fourteen, and, yeah. And they slow, yeah. They brought it back, right? Kind of like how gas is right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god isn't it wonderful hey <laughs> hey i don't want to like it but fuck do i love it <laughs> i'm with you man and like as for the theaters i really don't know if there is a like how do you ease people back into it right that's the whole that's yeah. the whole question and i just i honestly don't think there is an answer to this like you kind of just have to let people ease back into it like there, I don't know if there's anything they can do. Do you have any ideas? Like I don't. <laughs> I'm well, literally stumped here. First of I'm all, stumped now. What if what if it becomes a success that straight to streaming is now a thing? Like what? Like you've you've removed the middleman, and in most situations, everybody wants to get the middleman out, right? Because they get the better price. But the movie theater, right. you paid for the experience, not for the price of admission. Well, I guess. And obviously, like myself, Martin, Chris, you, and Mark are going to the theater type people to see a movie. Yeah. And I don't know how many of us are out there, but like I still plan if this does end in 90 days, like our guess is, I would love to go back to the movies. That's one of the first things I'm going to go do is go see a midday matinee. Oh, you know? Oh, don't tease me. <laughs> but, but like will other people be in the theater i have no idea do we like do i sit beside someone normally i don't anyways but i get i guess the argument is or the question is is not will people go back to the theater but how much do you do the straight to streaming right now that's okay. a danger to not like like going like it's it's so ironic it's so Alanis Morissette because it's the movie studio <laughs> who wants to get their movie out there so we yeah. see it straight to streaming and then we don't go to the theater but yet they make money on selling it to the theater and that's where the best set of eyes is so it's like they're shooting themselves in like they're cutting their nose they're not to, making anything like the yeah the box office numbers are zero right <laughs> like there's, there's no box there's office no... there's no box office and I like I I know you have, but I've watched all the movies also without paying for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I mean, like, shame on me, shame on you, shame on whoever, right? I mean, that's the exactly fucking, it's the double edged sword because I'm willing to pay. Like we're we're all willing to pay. It's just you've we've had that taken away from us, and that doesn't mean we want to put. It's almost easier not to. <laughs> yeah, it and I guess I guess it was already a threat to the industry to begin with, but if the studios are so adamant about getting their product out, they're going to screw themselves in like, it's, yeah. it's the, it's the stick your finger in the damn situation. I don't know. It like, I really don't think there is a way for them to go back to the way things were after this. I don't, I don't know how people are going to be. People might be really comfortable with it. Right. And people might just go back to doing everything the way it was or the opposite. I hope we're, smart in all the right ways and we're just creatures of habit in all of the ones that make us happy like i hope we all just go let's go back to the theater but we'll go let's not shake hands i, I hope that happens <laughs> i was man i uh i have been a strong advocate for not touching people for a very long time there needs there is no reason to shake hands there is absolutely no reason this has to happen no um i never want it to happen i don't need my hand crushed by a big man 
to know that I'm a lesser man. I already know that. <laughs> I love the best part of that is you're so Eminem because you're like, I'm confident about this. You can't touch me. <laughs> well, look, I just, I have, it, it all comes back to comedy, right? Like it's, we do so much goddamn handshaking at open mics. I am confident that that is what started this virus. <laughs> All of us touching. <laughs> it's so archaic. It's so old, dirty white man in a suit. Like it's not. It it's is unnecessary. Yeah, it's not a sign of an of a of a enlightened species. <laughs> well, I saw this the other day. What if we just used finger guns? <laughs> Seriously, it, uh, it's, it's the perfect greeting. Or, or <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah, no shit. Well, we were talking about we were talking about. OK, so I think what we're talking about is we both agree strongly that um, it it's it, I mean, if you I think it should be I think the keys to the kingdom of the movie theater need to be guarded more carefully by the studios who've made these movies that they're feeling threatened. They won't get in the theater because it will take away the magic of the theater experience if they're so desperate to get the product out there which once they pay once or you sign up for their 30-day trial they're fucking done you know that's gonna happen i like i don't want to be punished for not having the right streaming service you know yeah i just want to i want to be able to see the movie i want to watch the movie that's it yeah and honestly mike i've watched the hunt and the invisible man and sonic and i gotta say i I'm fucking glad that I didn't see those movies in theater because they weren't great. <laughs> Invisible Man was okay. I liked that was okay. But my God, I hated the hunt with such a passion. I'm so <laughs> thankful. And I almost went to see it, Mike. I almost went to the theater to see that fucking movie and I didn't. <laughs> and I'm so thankful. Yeah, like after after watching it, um, I immediately thought of you and was like, You're he's gonna feel, you're gonna feel so ripped off. <laughs> you're just gonna feel so so screwed and and i like it's the obvious thing i mean if we're talking about it we might as well fucking talk about the elephant in the room the kill off in the first what seven minutes and that's it i you know mike i thought it was going to be like a drew barrymore scream type scenario and i kind of liked it when it happened i was like ooh, interesting and then it happened to everybody yeah yeah like (laughs) and then all of a sudden this like subplot of what happens with cancel culture and everybody's attacking everybody online comes out of left field and you're like no no there's no need for the ultra violence then like none of this mesh they don't this doesn't gel properly and honestly not even ultra violence (laughs) no just just blame i don't get the hype for it like remember when this was almost canceled like the whole movie right they weren't gonna let people watch this fucking movie and then it came out i watched it and it was garbage I should have known better, Mike. I should have fucking known better. We all, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> it was, it did not live up to expectations whatsoever. But what was great about The Invisible Man, now that you've seen it, don't you, did like I, this is my interpretation of it that I thought was a really neat trick, which is a camera trick, is you never really know if he's there. Even, I like, do you know what I'm getting I like at? Where, yeah, I get what you mean. It's, it's, it's nice that you it makes you start thinking that maybe she really is crazy right yeah and that's kind of cool but it was okay <laughs> i'm not saying it was i'm i'm saying i got <laughs> I, I think we got exactly what we paid for yeah that's it that's exactly it it didn't fail it didn't exceed it was uh you know it had a pulse and it could delivered what it promised yes exactly an invisible man an invisible man it just the hook was not 
what you've a seen in the past and b what you yeah. would obviously expect. And so, right. but yeah, no, I was like, and there were times where I was like, okay, like what's like, and then I always wondered from like the director's perspective, did they actually even put him in the scene, even though you were led to believe through the story? Ooh, Do you know what I'm saying? That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's like, like a, was he actually there when Elizabeth Moss is acting around yes. him or yes. <laughs> Yeah, you I know? get that. That's interesting. Like, did they did they wipe them in post, or did, did they were like, we don't need you here, but she's like, does they here <laughs> for inspiration? Because like, you gotta pay him for those days, right? Yeah, <laughs> and so, he's not even in the movie. Yeah, like, how much do you get paid? Like, I get like, okay, prime example, Vin Diesel is Groot, right? You're like, he, yeah, Vin Diesel is by any means any part of Vin Diesel anywhere near that movie at all, <laughs> but it's him. No. So in this movie, it's like, okay, no, he's an actor and like he gets six minutes of screen time. Maybe what do you get? What do you bill for that? Like, what is your, what is your agent fucking argue? Well, I think Vin Diesel is a big comic book guy. So I'm sure he was, uh, just more than jazz to yeah. play anybody. Okay. <laughs> At any given time. At any point That's in his my career. Theory. Like I know he's a big D and D guy, so I imagine he's into comic books as well. Oh. They kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so I don't know. That's that'd be my guess that he's probably just so psyched to play anybody in the MCU, and they were like, "Okay, you get fucking grooved." Oh, I'd do it for free. If they, <laughs> like we both do it for free if they called us. Yeah, tomorrow. absolutely. But don't say that. No, no. You gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta you know, you tug a little bit, tug a war, yeah. right? You just can't be like, oh, drop the rope, and eh, whatever. Bad analogy, metaphor. Who knows? Um, yes. There was one thing that I wanted to make sure we got into this because I affectionately and not by any sort of dubbing of the sword named you the horror expert. Horror, horror, <laughs> not horror, horror. That is a lot of pressure, both of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, please don't feel it. But uh, I was like, okay, so if we're going to, we got we to gotta talk about this shit. And I actually watched a horror movie just in case it came up later when we were back and forthing. But um, look at that. I'm so proud of you. I will be ready for this man. And so I wanted to find out, in your humble opinion, what the most overdone cliche in horror is these days, or in general. In general. I'm so excited. I love this question so much. Um, Like, you know, it's hard to say which one you should take out, right? Because... It, like do horror movies even get as popular if they don't have the cliches of like someone running away and then tripping on a stick or like their car won't start even though it's just like it got them to the cabin that's an interesting <laughs> question that's like if a you know if like a tree falls in the woods doesn't make a sound if no one's around right like exactly is so it a horror like, movie are these movies yeah i like them because like a lot of the times i'll like stupid horror movies because they're just that because the characters make really poor decisions that you know you'd never do like you know you never run up the stairs right you leave out the front fucking door I don't even think I'd run. I think I'd just stay and wait for help. Like I, I'm like I'd be the worst horror movie to watch. I'd be like, no, I'm. You guys can go risk your lives on the unknown. I'm. I know what's here. I, this is known to me. <laughs> you know, I've always just, uh, I've always just accepted that if uh, someone is cha- like some supernatural being or a Freddy or a Jason or something is chasing me, uh, like if I can't get away just on sheer adrenaline, they de- they got me. They deserve it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all's fair and... Cardio's a waste of time. 
especially in those situations because they're fucking walking and they're still keeping up for you. So it doesn't matter how fast you are. No, speed is speed is completely irrelevant. And exactly when it when it comes to horror movies, um, so like, give me an example of like what's what's what was one that like first popped in your mind when you saw those words flutter across the page? Oh, anybody screaming? I think <laughs> like uh, I there. I think there needs to be more realistic screams in horror movies. That's all. Like more realistic reactions to things. Like the whole seeing something, the close zoom up on the face where they're screaming like Macaulay Culkin, I'm done with it. I think that could be, that'll be my one that I'd take out of horror movies. I, is the I reaction agree. screams. Yeah, and the reaction screams are, like I remember seeing the behind the scenes on the, I think it's called The Strangers with Liv Tyler and Oh, oh my God, watch that movie at 2 a.m. by yourself at in the dark and you will shit your pants. Yeah, I did. I actually, I 100% watched it downstairs in a basement when I was living in a basement and my roommate knocked <laughs> on the door and uh, you, I will swear you will start hearing sounds outside. Oh, I, I, I am proud to admit. I think I almost shit myself like for real. I almost <laughs> shit myself. It's, uh, I, oh, I love that movie. What were you getting to though? <laughs> just when she got ready for some of the scream scenes, she actually like ran around the building, you know, and like got her heart rate up and got her blood going. And like, that's got, what I'm talking about. You know, realistic like, reaction. Well, like, like trying to find as close to the adrenaline that one would have in that scenario. She would try to encapsulate, encapsulate. Right. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I've, you've also heard the stories where like kids couldn't cry on command. So they like, set up a GI real a life tear. yeah like they had to gi like macgyver the tear right and like <laughs> they would set up like a real life scenario and like wait until they messed with the kid and were like we promised you this but you get nothing and then they break down crying and they're like film that and then they the just whole cut puppy it. thing yeah, yeah exactly I, the, where, the puppy this thing is where's, famous from somewhere yes where's the puppy thing from they did fuck what movie did that it sounds like a real hitchcock thing to do oh yeah definitely or like a Bruckheimer. <laughs> You know, like just a oh. dickhead. To, maybe, maybe would that be a Spielberg? Would Spielberg give you a puppy and take it away? I don't know about that. <laughs> I think that's what he did to all the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Every Goonie was psychologically tortured. That no, whole movie. no kidding. They were never touched, but they were psychologically <laughs> tortured. Oh, I love I love it how I already have to call the train to get the fucking train back on the track here. Um, <laughs> anyways, okay, so yeah, the scream, the big scream. I was just so my my retort to that is maybe set up like a a scary moment to happen to said actress to get the scream because it's not so much about the facial as it is about the the noise like you can tell a fake scream from a real scream oh absolutely and it's not even a jump scare it's the like hearing the scream should make you feel scared you know not just because it popped up and scared you in the moment but because you should feel their fear right like that's the whole that's the whole point and a good example of that i think is uh like in not like the tv movie it but like the more recent one that came out with all the stranger things kids or whatever yeah uh, that one, they didn't let the kids see Skarsgård in the clown makeup until it was time for the scene. That's and I think that actually about. got a good genuine reaction out of them. The first one is a great movie. Yeah, and then after that, they were like, oh, fuck, we, you, man, you've been walking around with this for weeks now. Like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> take the makeup off. Exactly. 
we're not into it anymore. Yeah, now it's just <laughs> now you're just weird. You're the weird Hollywood guy. <laughs> um, I love the I I I was thinking of them. The one that really pops in my head is like where two people are walking down a path and then one of them just randomly disappears. Oh God! <laughs> like don't split up. That's yeah. I. Like oh, you, you're saying like if they're walking down a trail or something and they're having a conversation and one doesn't respond because he's actually been kidnapped. Yeah, like it's 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 you, that moment is so easy to see. It just needs to be removed for the fact that it does really like like there are so like you can you can do a, a like a quick shot where like some creature from the darkness pulls them to the side. There's 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 more examples than I can come up with right now. But what I'm saying is is that there's other ways to take away that character to create that scary moment. Because as soon as there's a dark path, as soon as two people are walking one in front of the other, you know, somebody's gone, you know, somebody's (laughs) gone. Right. So if you remove that, it's the one that you always expect as opposed to the one where you're like, well, they do this cliche. Will they not where you're like, this is always done. You know, if you, let me throw a suggestion out there. If you guys uh, are interested in watching a, good like an actually good horror movie that uh touches on every single cliche on purpose and makes it really fun you should watch the cabin in the woods really it's a oh it's a it's an amazing movie it's a who did it i think it's a judd app no it's not judd apatow who the <laughs> fuck <laughs> i'm blanking but Where's, it's so good was paul rudden that did chris, i miss that <laughs> chris hemsworth uh it plays the jock in the movie and it's like i think they shot it two years before thor but Thor then came out before they released Cabin in the Woods. So Cabin in the Woods got a lot of, uh, uh, like, Chris Hemsworth hype because of Thor coming really? out. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. Uh, it's a great movie. They, oh, it's actually, like, I want to say it's one of my favorites because it's really good. And I watch it at least once a year. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a great film. You guys should check it out. I want to know. And it's actually, it's on Netflix. I've been rolling over it going, I like, I'm in the mood for a horror, which actually leads me to, I, we, I just definitely uh, watch Cabin in the Woods then. Uh, check box done. A recommendation from you is, is that carries some weight. That's for all of you. That's for, that's for every single one of you. Not just the two of us talking. Um, Utah. <laughs> Cali, what up? Looking at you guys. Uh, um, I was gonna say I uh, yeah I was I was in the mood for something uh, brain splattering, so I threw on Land of the Dead the other day, and uh, re- re- realized that yes, as much as that is a scripted zombie apocalypse, the only thing that would really ring true, and it's kind of what I thought of today with COVID, where like you hear about like I read an article, I think the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys had like a 30 person gathering. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then like a, like a jet full of like rich, uh, English people, they like chartered a private jet to try to fly to France. And France was like, turn the fuck around. Why? And, like, uh, <laughs> but it, it just made me, it made me realize that like the fiddlers green in land of the dead, like the high rise, all the rich people live in that's, yeah. that like, that's, like that's happening right now. It's not happening in like you know. Zombie. Oh, there really is a pedestal, yeah. But there's like literally, uh, like they, I'm like, how do you, what, how do you not have the ability to be just aware enough to be like maybe not this weekend in my <laughs> can, private jet? Can I ask you something? Well, how do you um how do you feel about that Gal Gadot video where she got all the celebrities to sing Imagine? Oh. I mean, I avoided it this long, but if you're going to ask, I'll answer. Um, I I mean, it was, 
I think okay. I think I think anything <laughs> that was just ill ill timed. I think out of everything, there I think is it was, no right time. No, well, okay. There may have been a right time where there was like a flush of like good news popping up, but there's been so much tangerine nightmare coming out of the states that like, um, I just like it. it maybe she thought she would like lighten the mood, and it just man, <laughs> that is a that is a that is a blueprint in how not to. <laughs> I am absolutely on the side of just like you guys got to shut up and donate money, <laughs> yeah. especially now. Like, I'm sure they're all doing it without telling anyone, but they need to do more. Oh, they need <laughs> to donate so much money to make up for that. Like, and and I mean, it eventually it will happen, but it's there's just there's what just what kind of reaction did they expect? Rich people in really great positions in life. Asking, asking you to imagine what it like. Yes, we've imagined. We imagine what it's like to be you. Actually, that's what we're imagining <laughs> we, right now. We live without possessions every day. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we're without them right now. Like of all of the songs <laughs> that you could have picked to inspire, not even like a whole nation, but like a pocket of a nation, you picked that one. Like what we fucking we are the champions by Queen. I don't know. Off the cuff. That would be weird. <laughs> you know, like just anything that has like a more positive oomph to it. But, I don't know if that would have gone over well, man. I don't know. Like I that's why I don't like whenever whenever there's something to be said about something serious, I try to say the least because if I say the most, it will be the worst. That's just kind that's of That's right. You know, so I'm like I'll, I'll I acknowledge I understand, and I will uh, be the person who just supports it more than says. I will about it. stay inside. <laughs> exactly. I will call my friends on the phone because that's what you do, <laughs> you fucking assholes who think you're going to fly to France for Easter weekend. Oh my! Like I don't. And there's still people visiting, like going out and visiting their friends. Don't do this. No. <laughs> don't do that. No. No. Like it's. Uh, let's get this done with. You know. Like let's close this out. Um, so let's get into a little bit more of what we know how to talk about. Well, what the fuck are you watching lately? What's been in front of your eyeballs? Um, well, uh, I won't talk too much, but I watched, I rewatched all the BoJack Horseman again because I wanted to watch the finale and I wanted to catch up. So great show. Check it out. Um, first two seasons are unbelievably good and it kind of takes a drop off as one does, but season six, like their finale is really, really fucking good. So you should go check it out if you haven't watched BoJack Horseman already. It's about a, it's about a, a horseman who was on a sitcom in the 90s, a really successful show. And now it's about his life uh, in current times and how sad he is. And it's just very well written and uh, unbelievable cast. Like they get a lot of great celebrities to do voices and play themselves. Uh, worth a watch. Check it out. I um, but I was just going to say, you, you've, you've mentioned this in passing off record and i've watched a couple episodes of it and it's fucking whip whip smart good like i i do dig it it only gets better michael i you know me i i, I will I, I try to watch everything and a little bit of it all. yeah <laughs> so i'll be i'll be back in four years after I'm, i i can't think of anything else to watch um uh right on what else like any any movies any more movies? importantly <laughs> i uh uh, the Lighthouse was released on Amazon Prime, so I watched oh, that. So, I, um, I thought it was pretty good. I really did. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's kind of slow, but it's 
slow in like i'm trying not to i don't want to ruin it in any way because it's still like new but it's slow in the best possible way like it builds tension in a way that's (laughs) what how can i explain it it's so the movie's about um robert pattinson he uh becomes a lighthouse attendant or like an assistant to the lighthouse attendant in like 1890 something so it's like a period piece it's all shot in black and white and slowly robert pattinson starts getting like lonelier and lonelier and like starts losing his mind a little bit and he starts seeing things and hearing things and his descent into madness is really just worth the watch itself okay so he's going mad while in the lighthouse with willem dafoe Yes, him and Willem Dafoe live on like a lighthouse island yeah. in like there's a house attached to the the, the lighthouse there. So they live in that, uh, and they only have the company of each other. And the acting is unbelievable. They sing some she- sea shanties. That's really fun. I haven't had a good sea shanty scene since Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired and I want to go home. <laughs> uh, I had oh a drink God, about an hour ago, watch. and it went right to my head. Sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> this that's okay. This is a movie that I would have happily seen in theaters. I would have really? very much enjoyed to see this in theaters. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10. And I... it wasn't nominated for anything. Well, not for Best Picture or anything, but it, I think it should have been. I think it was much better than that piece of shit joke. Or... <laughs> That's gone. Oh, piece of shit. <laughs> Listen, man, 2020 is already hard enough to deal with what's going on. Let's not bring 2019 <laughs> into this. Okay. Seriously. Um, okay, so when you say slow, I, I, I watched the first five, ten minutes of it just to kind of get a feel for it. But but it was the wrong time to you watch it. Not, you won't get a feel for it in the first no, five minutes. I know. Well, no, what I wanted was I wanted, a, I wanted an effect for its production quality. Like, I know how it was. Oh, it is shot beautifully. Yeah, the cinematography is is something to to, you know, be astonished by. And. I I just wanted to see that because I was really more interested. I'm like, I know I'm going to like the story, but I really just want to see a couple minutes of how it's filmed to get a feel for it. Because I, wa- I it was like 11 o'clock at night. It wasn't a good time. to Like that's a that's like a 7 or 8 o'clock early evening movie. It's not the second movie if you're doing a marathon. It's definitely a like active watch. This will be the only movie that you watch. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. But like when you say slow, for anybody who's like, hmm, slow movie – I don't know if I can get into that. Is it like Quentin Tarantino, like long, not at all, long, it's, long, um, long scene say... filled with dread, long, or is it like No Country for Old Men, long? It's, like what's? I would say you spend the first bit just like watching Robert Pattinson work, and you kind of simp- you spend a lot of time sympathizing for him and seeing what he has to go through, and you, I don't know, you especially now in quarantine, you really start relating to it because we're all trapped inside. <laughs> yeah. and he's trapped with Willem Dafoe in this lighthouse, right? Like, Do do we learn anything? Because, I mean, lighthouse keepers, like, that's a term, right? That's like six months or something. Like, it's not – like, you just don't do it for, like, a weekend, right? Like, you sign there, up for a certain yeah, time. Yeah, he signs he, – you sign on, like, a contract. And, you, like, Willem Dafoe, I guess, just does this. He's been doing it for most of his life. He's and a- Robert Pattinson just needed to change the scenery. Or so you think. Oh, dun dun dun. Um, is it like a contract you can buy out of and play like pay like two hundred bucks, or like can you? Man, pay... it's like eighteen ninety six. <laughs> I have no idea how that shit works. <laughs> you 
You need uh, to talk to a lighthouse, like a historian or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so have you tripped on anything that you were like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot, and you were pleasantly surprised, like kind of something that was on the back burner, or was that was the lighthouse that, that was it for you? Like, ooh, I really, really like this. You know, I don't. I haven't had one that I've liked, but I tried watching a new anime called B Stars, and it just ended up being really weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't like there's I haven't seen anything really that's been like, oh, I should sit and watch that. Because also debaters, uh, I got a job. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you know we all have these. Like I I try to <laughs> le- let us I, I try to let the people assume that we're like this is it, but we all have day jobs and we're all like responsible. Well, you know, Mike, it's funny. Millions of people are getting laid off right now. And your boy, Jimmy decides to get a fucking job. (laughs) And that's, you know, this is my time. (laughs) If you can get hired when everyone else is getting fired, there's you, you need to change professions, my friend. (laughs) There's something up, man. I don't, I don't know what's in the water, but, uh, just, I think they need me. I don't know what it is. Well, I, I, this is how I rebel, you know. Like, I mean, all, all <laughs> kidding aside, with every like, there's a lot of people going through a lot of shit. But I'm glad, I'm glad you you got a job. That's that's awesome because you need to keep it, uh, you need to keep your shit active, right? Well, yeah, I was getting a little boring. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely. You can only you can only play so much Dragon Ball Z before eventually you have to like. I'm like like in my head, I'm I'm always like, oh man, wouldn't it be great to like not like be shut down? Right. Like, just for example, like yeah. be shut down where and then I was like, well, no, because I'm not like liquid. I don't have the fucking cash to just sit down and not work for a couple of weeks. Um, but right. I was like, oh, it'd be great. And then I was like, yeah. And then Tuesday would suck. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like the f- Monday would be great. And then Tuesday would be like, oh, shit, there's like 28 more days of this. Fuck. No. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you have something to keep your mind occupied because that's uh yeah, that's a that's a well, And because of this piece of shit job, I haven't been able to watch a lot of movies or TV shows. Oh, lately, there's so. the other shoe. Okay, so you know you're just using it as an excuse. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I mean I've I'd say I've watched more new movies uh that are being released on streaming services. Like I, I haven't watched as many new movies okay. in a long yeah, time. Sure. No, no, no. That's I mean the whole point of this is what what are you watching? And then you find out what you're not watching and you're not watching you know what? Hang on. We talked about this the last time we were together. Oh, before. you know what? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say, like, um, any comfort movies come out? Because that's 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 the a theme I'm trying to run with and see if there's you know when because everyone has a movie for the time, right? You've got a you got a late night movie. You got a you got a Saturday afternoon doing chores movie. Like maybe this is just oh, me. Oh, why? But I mean, I talk about them all the time. But like, forgetting Sarah Marshall or um, Knocked Up. Okay. Great movies. So those they're like on... two and a half hours long, so you can just put them on as background movies, and they're still hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get them to the Greek is another good one. Yes, I think Judd Apatow is really he's got like he's not just tapped into the funny bone of nor of 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 the world. I think he's, I think he's got some subtext that like it's just a touch of realness, you know. Yeah. It makes it nice. Enough realness that like you know it's not it's not like shoved down your throat and you're like, Oh fuck. That's now, now that's movie real. That's not really real. <laughs> um, I got into uh crip camp. Oh, I haven't watched it. 
uh, <laughs> if you want, if you want some good feelings, if you want some good tears, if you want um, to be not only inspired, but just kind of like made aware of the fact that the, well, the simple way to explain this to, uh, to those listening would be, it is a documentary about a summer camp that was run by, um, people with a physical disability or mental disability, like mental health people were considered. It, it's the story of mental health and physical, um, this, this physical disability rights in America is the really, and sorry, what's it called again? Crip camp. Crip camp. Yeah. And for the longest time, America had some rules that didn't give any of these people any rights. Like you had to, you had to be. Oh, they still have some of those rules, Michael. Don't. Hey, I'm not. I'm not pretending. Like you know, we're, we're so far <laughs> into this progressive future that. But like, it's it it's what's shocking is it's only been 50 years since this happened. Yeah. And you're like, wow, we're not that ele- like highlight. Like, not highlight. that far removed, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh... not that far removed from our culture today. So th- that's what was really interesting about it. But it was a camp run by the people who went to it, which was the beautiful thing. Like they really. Like one of the camp directors had cerebral palsy, but she still went at it, right? So if you if you want some, well, good... if it's run by people who don't have these things, you can't necessarily tell them what they like, right? And you can't program exactly, exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's what they show. They show the fact that if you're not from this world, how do you show these people how to navigate it? Right. That's not fair. No. And they actually, a lot of them, like there's a scene in the movie, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but I mean, the story's out there, so, you know, but fucking jump the shark already, but <laughs> like it. You know, Mike, it's at the time where if people haven't watched whatever we're talking about, they can't. <laughs> there's no actually, reason why they couldn't. Yeah. You had all this time. You're right. You should have watched it. Yeah, well, nah, nah. All, this isn't a big, this isn't a big scene stealer, but they hold a protest. And while they're holding okay. this protest, a lot of them need to like can't get out of their own wheelchair. So they set up a slumber party that turned into like a week long, I think a week long stand outside like, in this political building or some federal wow. building and like slept there and ate there and like had spina bifida and would like sleep on the floor on a mattress. Like it it's it is a tale of perseverance and and like true perseverance as in like it's from reality. It's not some, you know, from someone's scripted heart. So, so if you want some real feel goods, yeah. If you want some real feel goods, um, my suggestion would be Crip Camp, and it's made by Barack and Michelle Obama. So you know, like the extra feels were added into it because they they know how to. They've got. Oh, their, did they produce it? They produced it. That is one hundred percent correct. Um, so if you could pull, we're coming to the end here, so we're coming to all about you stuff here. If you could pull from your um, dark and horror-filled, depraved catalog of movies and say, hey, everybody, if you want to try something new right now, I suggest this. What would Jimmy tell everybody right now to watch? Oh, my God, man. Like, I, the last time you asked me, and I'm going to say the same, like, uh, I'm going to say one same movie again. Watch It Follows. For the <laughs> love of God, everyone should see this movie. For for a horror movie to be this cool and this different, and I'm sorry, I don't know if it's based on anything. I haven't looked into it as far as I should have, but for something to be this cool and original and to come out so recently is special. And you should absolutely check that out. You should check it out for the soundtrack alone. It's done by disaster piece. It's 
oh, it, it's like it's it's a man. It's like a it's a technological sound. Like it's just it, it's it's so much cooler than you could ever think it is. And it doesn't dive deep into what the monster is. What's the monster? It. What does it do? It follows. It's that simple. <laughs> and you just. You, it's cool. It's it's honestly the one of the coolest horror movies I've seen in a while. If I can say anything to anybody who's just listening here for the first time, um, this is <laughs> this is not something we've only talked about once. Like this is his, <laughs> this is his like hip pocket, ready to go. Have you seen? Need to see? Like it's 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 a love affair with this movie. So if you have a movie like that, then just take those emotions and and apply Pretty that sure it's on, like it's on Netflix. It's on Tubi. Find it. Yeah, no, I, well, I was, I told you Aaron watched it and then we talked about it and I was like, I've been meaning to watch it and I think I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I'm I think it's great. Sure. Yeah. I think it's no, a great movie. I'm going to, I'm going to make that promise. I'm going to put it in the phone. Cause if it's in the phone, it gets done. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So that one. And then do you have another one or was that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of weird because like it's you know christmas is over but uh you should check out black christmas the the 1974 version it's super cool it's known as being one of the first slasher movies ever and it's made in canada super cool a lot of canadian actors in it um it did get a remake in like 2004 or something that wasn't very good and they just remade it again last year and that one wasn't very good so watch the original because the original is really fucking great and you know doesn't you can watch it around the holiday times too i would say like it'd be weird watching a horror movie at christmas i do it but whatever you it's just it gives you all those christmas feels and i get that it's cold in winnipeg right now so if you guys want to feel like it's christmas in your house you can watch black christmas and it gives you a good scare it's a fun movie all the all the effects are practical because it's like 1974 so it's really fucking cool i uh i i I'll maybe get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a bit more of a maybe, but it's, uh, yeah. Uh, or watch The Lighthouse, okay? It's on Amazon Prime. You have no reason not to. Really cool movie. It gets weird. I wouldn't say it's horror, I guess. It's more of a thriller, but it gets really weird. Is it is it genre blending where it's like thriller mystery? <sighs> I'd honestly just go straight thriller. Okay. Right. Like maybe period piece too, because I guess it's yeah. 1896 or something. Yeah. When is it? Check that out. Hang on here. When is it not a period piece? What are the what huh. are the what are the what are the years forward or backward that like this just popped in I, my brain? But you know, like we wouldn't I think if it's not the 2000s. <laughs> okay. All right. So is like a 90s movie. Jonah Hill made mid 90s, and that was a 90s period piece. That was cool. He tried to get people out of the 80s with mid-90s, and it didn't work. <laughs> Man, he was so and proud guys, of that. I remember when he was... If you listen to the show, you know I hate the fucking 80s. <laughs> I, I can imagine what you're doing when you... I know exactly where your mouth and hands are going <laughs> when you do that voice. We'll see here. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, are you ready for both of these games we did here at the end? Where like, well, one's really not a game. One's just a challenge to see if you can sell. Uh, and I would love it if anybody listening at this point says, you know, 
like if you can sell one movie with one sentence to somebody and if they watch it and they agree with you i'd love to i'd love for someone to tweet at us or like send us an email i think i have a couple okay all right well let's start there and then we'll we'll get into the we'll get into the finale here um so your first one one movie okay this one's uh this one's super simple uh fraternity eats dog jism fraternity eats dog jism ah Van Wilder. Yeah, that is Van Wilder. Fuck. Right. Here we go. <laughs> nice, easy one to start off. Nice little little underhand softball toss. Eh? <laughs> All right. You want me to throw number two at you? Yeah, you got one? Yeah, no, I, I didn't. No, this was you. We didn't actually discuss this, so you're just here for entertainment, I guess, because I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't, I'm in control of this, and <laughs> it's only because the gear is at my house. <laughs> Like, Fair enough. I should, I, you know what? We should send this shit around and have each one of us host a night. What do you say to that? <laughs> that could be a good idea. That would be super fun. I'll just drive it around town and then <laughs> drop it off at your place. We'll hook it up. Just show you how to do it real quick. And then you call all of us and then we rotate this because I think we'll have some time. Just just putting that on right there. We'll, <laughs> Might have a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Give me your second one. Are you ready for number two? Okay. Yeah. Uh, government thinks glider suit should look like a goblin oh spider-man <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> you know i i always imagine when we do this dumb shit that maybe one day somebody somewhere like hasbro is like we could take your podcast and turn it into a board game <laughs> <laughs> Like that's that's the fucking dream right there. If someone wants to take your shit and turn it into a board game, I'd retire on that. I'd try so hard to. <laughs> oh man, I wish I prepared more. Those are all the ones I had prepared. That's okay. Next time, now that now that I know that this could this okay yeah all right perfect. Uh, now lastly, lastly as always, um, I love the Would You Rather game. It's evident on our social media and uh, just in life because there's always a choice to be made. So. Your would you rather? Um, it's a very I, ominous way to say it. <laughs> no kidding. Hey. There's always a choice. <laughs> Maybe that's not a unilateral statement. Let's just say that. Oh, uh, you know what? For another recommendation, watch the movie Would You Rather. I watched it the other night with a roommate, and it's pretty cool. That uh, will, will... Uh, rich guy played by uh, fuck. What is his name? Why can't I remember his name? He's from uh oh no, he's from he's the guy from Reanimator. He's the mad scientist from Reanimator. He plays a rich guy in Would You Rather, and he invites all these people who desperately need money for various reasons, and he makes them yes. play a deadly game of Would yes, You Rather. Yes, yes, I know who you're talking about. Fuck, I watched it, and what's her face is in it? Oh, Brittany oh, Snow. Brittany Snow. That's it. It is good, isn't it? It is a great movie. I thought it was entertaining. It's uh, it put me on the edge of my seat. It, it rose my arm hairs, whatever, all the cliches. <laughs> nice, nice bring back there. Um, okay, <laughs> but let's let's finish this strong here. So I let you. I I sent it to you because I'm a fucking moron like that. Um, it was supposed <laughs> to be a surprise. So you've had time to prepare, Google, investigate, have, yeah. see what happens if you pick one or the other. So, um, but anyways, nobody knows. What these are? I already have my answer. Too. I, okay. All right. So for those for those who can't see what I'm holding in my hand here, uh, it says, "Would you rather?" And this is this is based on food because um, in my private life, I'm big like I like watching reality <laughs> chef shows and like you know checking out who the hottest new chef is. So I figured let's let's look at some edibles here. So if you had a choice for dessert between Minnie's chocolate pie from The Help 
or the monkey brains from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Which would you have? Hold on, hold on. First question, (laughs) why do you think monkey brains are dessert? Well, no, because in the movie, he comes over. Do they serve it as dessert? Well, okay, and I'm going to butcher the line probably, but he brings it over, and then he pulls the thing off, and it's a monkey head. And then the yeah. waiter comes by and pulls the lid off, like the the, the lid, the monkey's head open. And goes, <laughs> the lid of the monkey brain. <laughs> the lid, <laughs> otherwise known as the scalp, um, <laughs> off off the, the monkey and goes, and for dessert, chilled monkey brains. Oh, okay, you got me there. Yeah. So okay. if um, you had to choose between a shit pie I gotta, and a brain full. <laughs> I think I got to go monkey brain. Really? I don't want to eat shit, dude. <laughs> yeah I like and people eat monkey brains as food in some places and that's cool so it, I don't know a lot of people that eat shit for food in places you know, you know I've been watching a lot of BBC lately cause it's so fucking <laughs> if man if anybody the British else, do eat like shit <laughs> <laughs> the British do eat like shit the fuck <laughs> blood pudding what the hell is that they eat a lot of garbage <laughs> <laughs> um uh, an English breakfast looks like a heart attack in four in eight stages. That's all it is. Why do me. I want beans for breakfast? That's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. With a slice of wet tomato, like grill it or put it in something. But like, <laughs> what the fuck is a tomato just sitting? Anyways, the point of what I was saying was was that, um, yeah, okay. In some in some places, yes, monkey brains are considered a delicacy. Um, that's my like, argument. That's, At least I could yeah. say it like that. Okay. All right. Next time I'll get geographical and be like in Winnipeg. <laughs> but um, I think I would. I. Are you about to tell me you'd eat shit? <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I try to put myself in every scenario that I can when I'm coming up with these. The <laughs> only scenario where you'd eat it is if you didn't know it was coming, like in the movie. Yeah. I really, well, I see I'm, I'm, whenever, like, fa- whenever, um, fucking fear factor would be on i was always like i could do the eating thing like I, i'll admit yeah it. me too I, I, I don't think i'd have an issue i i mean i don't I, it's dude if you don't mind it doesn't matter right mind over matter it's if i don't mind that that's a bull's testicle it doesn't matter <laughs> i that's think right i think i could tell myself that but um yeah no i'd probably yeah i'd eat the monkey brains too i mean it just seems i knew it <laughs> yeah, no. I, and they looked like candy. Like they looked appetizing. Like if, if I don't think you're going to you're not going to get anyone that says shit. Anyone listening tweet at us and say you'd eat shit. Yeah, at real debaters <laughs> if you would eat shit. Uh totally. Let us know. Let us know. I'd rather eat shit over monkey brains. What's up, Chris? <laughs> not good. Uh, well, good, I guess. <laughs> not good. <laughs> you have, you have bad news? You, 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 you should have done I think, in the uh, pre-show. <laughs> I mean, I guess the default is to just instinctively say not good because there's not much good to talk about right now. Well, I I like saying, like, well, you know, because people do know, so it actually makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind if I steal that? That's actually a great way to respond to somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, 
<laughs> yeah, career ahead, of course. Thank you, thank you for for passing that one along. Um, so I uh, I kind of catered this episode so that everybody's episode is, is specifically catered to why they're so uh, relevant and awesome in in the whole four part show atmosphere that we normally do. So uh, I wanted to talk to you about comic books and kind of get your idea because every time we do something like you drop a knowledge bomb on me and something and, and it, like it excites me to like research it which i never do but um <laughs> i thought uh like we've we've gone through avengers we've gone through phase one two three and four um obviously the marvel cinematic universe is set up for a long time but what i mean what in your opinion would be something that's maybe overlooked that could be a great comic book universe movie that people haven't paid attention to. Uh, well, yeah, I was kind of, was kind of mulling over that one. Like, man, we've done, we've done a lot over like the last, I'd say, like thirty years, right? Like everything yeah. from the big ones, from Batman and Spider-Man and all those guys, to a couple of years ago, the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, so a million times they were nothing. Um, and now, yeah, like you said, we went through all the phases. Marvel pulled off what many probably didn't think they would have ever been able to have done. Um. So I was like, yeah, where where do we go? My Marvel lore isn't vast, like it's not that big, but uh, so I, I'm not really sure where they're even going for their movies anymore. Like, there's more titles are popping up. Eternals, I'm not really familiar with at all. I don't know if you are. I um, I was looking I was looking forward to Black Widow, but that's now <laughs> pushed back. But um, so yeah, and so DC's doing their thing, and it's kind of I think. With the success of the Joker, uh, they might maybe just do these one-offs because the the new Suicide Squad, or not Suicide Squad, uh, Birds of Prey came out just before all this pandemic stuff went down. I don't think it did very well at the no. box office, if I'm not mistaken. It did. It, I, I don't even think it made its budget back. And it's... No, a lot of stuff wasn't really. Um, just really shitty timing. Uh, yeah, and then you got Wonder Woman that looked like it was probably going to do pretty well at the box office as well, but also a big effect um, so yeah, it's like, what else? I, I guess there's, there's tons of graphic novels that I'm not really sort of into that you could do like mini series. We've already been seeing that like a ton already in the TV sort of side yes, of things. Yes. Um, one <clears throat> thing, um, I, I think it wasn't really, it's been done, it's been done a few times before, but I think maybe another reboot, hear me out, <laughs> of, of the Ninja Turtles. I think let's Ooh. just do another one. Um, let's get away from the Michael Bay uh, yeah. you know, with his fingerprints all over it. Um, I, 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 know I could never really get into the redesign they have in those uh, Bay movies. Um, so I just never really, I, I only got through, I don't even know if I finished the first one, I couldn't even bother with the second one. Um, but yeah, that was really kind of my only one. I was, I'm kind of, not. I, I'm sort of, I think, burnt out on comic book movies right now after... Avengers and all that kind of put a nice little ribbon on it. It's like, all right, we did it. We got through this like ten plus years of um, some pretty fun adventure films that are probably be cherished for a long time. So it's like, what's next? But uh, I know the dollar signs will probably still be there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, dollar dollar signs dictate most decisions yeah. on that. Once when it's still at the boardroom table, when it gets down to the studio floor, it's a little different. But I, I yeah, like, like all all the movies just are like just trending upwards in terms of box office sales, right? And like even if they're smaller movies, like yeah. solo movies, like the last Spider Man, like all right, well, okay, it's still I don't know if the last Spider Man made a billion, but it probably still made like eight hundred million dollars. Like yeah, that's good. 
Yeah. Like, and these are, these are the benchmarks now, right? Where it's kind of like, well, can you, cause I mean, I, I, I saw Invisible Man and I thought that's a great movie for 30 million bucks. I mean, I'm not, I've, I've mentioned it on other conversations so far, but I mean, I was impressed for what I got, but I mean, it's not fair that if it doesn't pull off like a huge box office smash that then it's not in it's, yeah, it's not comparable right like and it should be yeah. right but you make a really good point the i think the one-offs are the way for now right i don't think another you know big series that's biblical in proportions well, and yeah and, generally if i if i'm remembering my avengers uh years it was 2012 2015 and 2019 so there'll be at least three four year gap probably well now this pandemic's gonna really push everything Ooh, back for yeah. sure uh, i don't even know what marvel's plan is because they're not just gonna want to just dump black widow out there they have like a plan for all this stuff right yeah um at what point do they just go all right no marvel movies for 2020 we just take a you know a mulligan or whatever and we try again for 2021 because they're not I got uh, yeah. I had a chance to watch uh, Onward the other day. They're on Disney Plus, okay. the Pixar movie. Yeah, because um, they it was supposed to come out like right around now, and they're yeah. like, oh, just yeah, put it on Disney Plus, and it's like, oh, this is kind of good. But I don't know if that's going to be ideal for every all these upcoming movies, right? I'm going to start feeling the pinch when not seeing the returns. So, well, and how do you like? I the, this is this is a constant right now because I mean, there's there. I love that there's these like definitive conversations happening in happening in industries all over the world due to the vid and which I, that's my affectionate term for it, vidi. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> um, so I, it's, it's just interesting to see the response to, okay, you're right. We need to get eyes in front of it. How do we do it? Well, we got the streaming service. We've spent a lot of fucking money on. Why don't we do it there? Yeah. And I've said that that's a dangerous game to play because when you create a habit of people to stay at home, they're not going to want to go back once we open the floodgates. So like, yeah, you should probably save your big, like, like, okay, you're not spending your money on the marketing right now. So we're safe there. You're not spending I, the money. Yeah. On. Like I think like in the cases like onward <clears throat> and uh, the DreamWorks one, the trolls. Yeah. Trolls, trolls world tour. Yeah. did it as well. Um, also both movies more geared towards kids as well kids are home right now why not do it yeah, um, but then yeah. in the case of those two movies i think it was already like just too like it was just too late like, well, we're not going to hold off on these onward was already slated to come out we've already done all the marketing yes. budget for it we're not we're not going to put more money in to try to get people to come out but you're right you know, we don't want to create this habit of uh <laughs> like well i'll just stay home and wait right so yeah movie like... industry will be very interesting especially in terms like do you want to cram into, uh, you know, the midnight showing of Avengers five or whatever with 300 other people in the theater after all this COVID stuff? I'm not really sure. Like not so, unless I had a rebreather on. <laughs> yeah. Right. But not... you know what I mean? Like, it's not like those places are like super probably sanitized and all that. Well, right. maybe they are, maybe they are now Yeah. or will be, but it's still just that whole rubbing <laughs> shoulders and bumping in with everybody. It, so close. it totally is. We're gonna be like bubble babies in the movie theater, right? To be have your own pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you well, and like stuff like that's gonna gonna feel the pinch. Yeah. You know, if you're uh, if you're a struggling sports franchise, and all of a sudden this this isn't gonna help. No. Because that's just it. Once once this is all over, sure, maybe some of those opening games are gonna be 
attacked. Maybe I don't know. That's all. It is. Yeah, let's uh, let's drive back in the lane here. I but I just kind of wanted to reiterate your. I I think one-off movies are great because, like uh, I mean I, I I don't think if you threw a bunch of different comic book series into a bucket, like if you pulled out the wrong one, you'd always be going back looking for Avengers. I think right like. If if they put like the uncanny like well the X Men obviously been done but if they if they went like uncanny X Men or any of like the the sub sub comic book series that aren't really on the nose I don't think people would have liked them as much so doing Avengers first like you say put a bow on it and now it's time like the like you know the the Adam Warlock right and Black yeah, Adam and like can, that stuff can, I think we well can, we're gonna get Black Panther too and yeah Doctor Strange too like. The heavy hitters are still there, but it's going to be interesting now. Because uh, when did well, Spider Man come out? July or whatever? Yeah. So we're almost we're, we're fast at well, we're almost at a year for when uh, uh, Infinity War came out or Endgame, sorry. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a long time uh, since we've had any Marvel stuff now, which is kind of weird. So I don't even interesting to see just how they treat everything going forward and all the TV shows that were supposed to be all tied into this and now are canceled, not canceled, but on hiatus from production. Yeah. That, that whole continuity thing that they were going for has really been bridged. I mean, like this is, this is like the writer's strike of what? Oh, seven, Oh eight, whenever that was Yeah, um, like that really screwed a lot of stuff for just production quality wise. Like I remember being obsessed with lost and then it coming back with only like seven episodes because that's all they'd written and nobody was willing to come to the table. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then you had to wait like way more, way longer than normal for network television to come back for a show. And then when it did come back, you were lost. So all this momentum that you're talking about in this story building, Marvel's definitely. Well, we're like, definitely going to start seeing that in the coming weeks and stuff. We're all of a sudden, so like, because like, look how fast Netflix has been pumping out stand-up specials. You can almost kind of, just listening to the special, you can almost figure out, oh, they just shot this back like two months ago, and now here it is on TV. Yeah. Um, I'd assume Netflix is still doing that, so all of a sudden by the end of the summer, Netflix might be like, oh, we're starting to actually run out of content now. <laughs> and that's going, say, con, I can't imagine what this is doing for all the networks. Ooh, all shows I never even thought of streaming services because they're always riding the wave. Yeah. Like wow, they, this this is a terrible time for Disney Plus in terms of like non documentary shows they oh, don't yeah. that are original. They don't have like many big hitters as far as I can tell. They got the Mandalorian and stuff, but they were supposed to have all these Marvel shows start pumping out, but now well, it was all get pushed back. It's not gonna help it. You know what? Here's here's my whole take on it, right? Like if COVID is teaching us anything it's teaching us to value the little, like, you know, like enjoy the small things in life that have now been not taken away from you, but just put on hiatus. So like, I feel that the rest of the world will now understand what it's like for a fan of an HBO show to wait two years before it comes back. Like everybody who liked Game of Thrones, you know, we were yeah. a certain amount of people, but now the whole world is experiencing, you know, what it's like to forget that you even watched it because it's been so fucking long and then have to do like a whole season all over like the last season all over again to catch up like that might be we're going to be doing a lot of avengers marathons to, to catch up again because it'll be yeah we're all gonna take a beat you know but yeah. you mentioned something that i kind of want to get into because all of these episodes have uh, they've all because we haven't talked to each other in forever which it's great to hear your fucking voice by the way like every one of you i i i told this to uh 
to Dan, I was like, I didn't really realize how much fun sitting around shit talking with each other was like, it, you know, I, I, I hope you feel the same, but you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just, yeah. it's just one of those things where like I, I was taking it right for advantage. So, but we've all, like I said, been catching up with each other or trying to, I've been trying to catch up with everybody. So it's always like, Oh, how's your COVID? Oh, gloom of COVID. So now I want to move into the more fun shit, which is the second item on our list today, which, and this came, this was inspired by, um, we're watching a lot of BBC in the house, me and Shauna, because it's free. Right. I was wondering what this question is. Which channel <laughs> did you want? You know what? I completely forgot to even think about that, but uh, I don't know if anyone else said this. But how about bats? Maybe we Fuck should all <laughs> about the inner, inner bats, inner workings of bats, mind you. <laughs> You know trend. That pop up on Netflix, that would be sure bats is a very trending Google animal right now. Oh fuck! Dogs and cats, I'd imagine. I was like elephant seals or some weird poisonous frog from the Amazon, like some kooky thing, or like or like one thing that there's only like twenty left of, and it's got a sob story. But bats just flew, literally, no pun intended, over my fucking head. And like, can you imagine how David Attenborough would like? He would put such a like nice, lovely spin on it after having gone through this horrible flu that came yeah. from a fucking animal. Like, oh Jesus! Oh, I'm still here. Yeah, that's that's okay, the, that's the, that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, yeah, no, okay, you win. Bats, bats totally fucking takes the cake. Is there another animal though, like a cutesy animal or some weird fucking animal that you have a thing for that? You would kind of nah, like, no? I'll be honest, Mike. I didn't think of it too long. <laughs> <laughs> There's the honesty that I missed. Um, so uh, I, when we were in Phoenix, I got to see a Komodo dragon up close for the very first time. And uh, there's a documentary. Like, Well, it's actually, this, this, is, this is where this all came from because uh, do you know how old David Attenborough is? Oh, yeah. Fuck, I had no oh, way. How old? How old, yeah. No, uh, 70? 91. Wow. Okay, I was way off. Right, we all are, because the man just, he moves like like a 71-year-old, right? And so on the BBC, they did a David at 90 series where they, they, it was like a bio series about his life and how he started. He started when you still had to take a ship across the ocean to get somewhere. Planes. There's no planes. So or there was no commercial flying. Yeah, international travel was, was limited to steamship, right? Everybody was like in King Kong. So but they they show this old black and white clip of him and I I, I, I mean this this animal is always featured in every series that he does some way somehow because it was founded by Darwin, but I want a full like two hour Komodo Dragon documentary. <laughs> I that'd be that'd be pretty cool. They they their their only reason for being so menacing is because they don't clean their mouth and their mouth is full of poison. So when they bite you, you just abscess and go gangrene within hours. That's their secret weapon. It's bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's so. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> that's my jam. If I could like, I mean, if I could get away with a Komodo dragon tattoo without looking like a douche, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, up to some current events, which there aren't many fucking things to talk about right now. It's slightly depressing trying to find things that are going on. Like, cause there's with, with everything that was so, it was, it's like, there was just a huge amount 
of shit to pick from when you when we wanted to write something for the show. So when something new pops up, I, I start to get a little metaphorical hard on. But did you see the images of Dune come out this week yet? Um, yeah, with uh, Timothy Shalalalante. Yes, Shalanigans, sh- 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 I think is how you... Shalanigans, sh- shenanigans? Shenanigans. Timothy Shenanigans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, where were they? Uh, Empire or whoever they were from? Or uh, well, they, were they, just, they were just set photos or whatever they were. I, I didn't yes. see them. Yeah, um, yeah, they were just set I, photos. I don't know much about Dune. I've never seen the original with Patrick Stewart. Um, I think I started to watch it one time. <laughs> without, I was like, oh, this is a sci-fi classic and it's based off a book. I should give this a watch. And then I, I, don't even, I was like, I don't, don't even know the plot. So I'm very confused. Someone was trapped in a cube very early on or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, uh, it was Lynch, right? It's Lynch that it does is, the original? Yeah, yeah, it's Lynch for the yeah. original. Kyle MacLachlan's in it too, Patrick Stewart. Right, um, right. Who else? I didn't write any notes down for this. The reason I wanted to talk about it, though, wasn't so much for the fact that, like, I was, I was my stepfather is a huge Dune fanatic, and I know, like, some, I refer to them as Duners because they just get, like, when this came out, or came out that they were going to do a remake. Like it just, the internet was screaming for it. And, um, I think it's because the first one's done really badly. Like it's got a lot of great possibility to be a really great sci-fi film. Just wrong time. Well, wrong place. It was also probably just hindered on the time. Like when did the first student come out in the eighties? Yeah. Late seventies, early eighties. Like the, the tech just for what they were trying to do, which just wasn't probably there. But, yeah, and then well, George Lucas is like, hold my beer. <laughs> exactly, and this new one is done by, uh, what's his face? Uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Yes, Villeneuve. Which is why yeah, I brought Michael. it up, because he did such beautiful work on Blade Runner 2049 that I, I, I'm i excited to see, like, I'm excited to see this because of the director and not so much of the picture, which is not common i find i don't know do you like are there, are there certain movies that you're like okay because that director made it i know it like like fincher for example right like oh yeah yeah or lynch or it's any definitely any other... like 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 the quintons like i have to just see quintons in the movie um that's a bit different because quintons more of a uh, his own sort of beast um but i know, I know what you're saying like even if you have no don't know any of the source material in Doom. Yeah. But you're a huge Villeneuve fan. Yeah, his, his, his movies look good. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so definitely Dune for sure has that going for it. Yeah. It's going to look gorgeous on the big screen. I unfortunately never did get to see 2049. Um, I haven't actually watched it at all. So I didn't even get to see it in theaters where I'm pretty sure it looks probably pretty good. Yeah, I would. I didn't. I I saw it, but I didn't get to see it in theaters. And there's just there's certain shots that you're like, "Yep, that's a theater shot." Yeah, it's. I guess the example I could give would be like it'd be like Nolan. I hear like a Nolan movie's coming out. It's yeah. just like that name just sells me right there. It's like uh, Tenet, 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 which Tenet? now has probably been postponed. So yeah. <laughs> or it will. If it hasn't been. They just don't want to announce it, but it will be right. So. Oh yeah, it's and that's the thing. Like you mentioned earlier with Folkfest, like it's there's everything that requires mass gathering will probably be pushed because I mean, I I, I also I'm, might yeah, and it's not going to be as kind of the same atmosphere as like okay, well, it's like you need a mosh pit at a metal show. <laughs> you can't. Oh god, I'm just Stand imagining people like, each other. <laughs> 
like a polite Canadian metal show. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's something that came up that I didn't even write write down for us, but it's it, to me it's it's fairly. I'm like, how do you let this happen? So uh, the cheetah toy for Wonder Woman 1984 got leaked by accident, and it confirmed the, the the cheetah toy that Kristen Wiig's character Cheetah in Wonder Woman 1984 uh, it got leaked. Yeah, got leaked. <laughs> how's it? How's it look? Uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Like is it an awful? Like is is this like a funny? It's gone viral. So no, it's not it's so funny. Bad. Like it's actually it's it's not like a who? What the fuck were they thinking? It's it's pretty accurate to lore and canon and 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 from the from the comics. Oh. Like it's a good representation. But my my question, I guess, just like how the fuck do people let? Like how do the marketing companies let that happen? The movie isn't even out yet, but now a pivotal part of a movie because we all know these movies are made to make toys. You make a movie to make toys, so. Well, you gotta wonder if this was just oh, it's a leak. It means just you send it out there. We'll claim it as a leak. Now it gets a little bit more traction. Hey, check out this photo we might not supposed to have seen yet. That's just a conspiracy. Obviously, I don't have anything to back that up. But you just see these. <laughs> it deals with time. It was really bad with uh, Tom Holland with anything Marvel. He goes, "Oh, he's what's he spoiled today?" And it was almost kind of like. <laughs> subreddits would just be like okay like it just seems like they purposely tell him because they'll know he does it and it gets more clicks right yeah okay I, so, I, okay i get that like a leak really isn't right, a leak when did this leak of the cheetah toy come out last 24 sorry so, last, last 24, 24 hours, 24 hours well, like so yeah like right now i'm sure they have people looking at the trends and it's like hey no one's really talking about wonder woman <laughs> anymore and might not be for the time coming it's like, yeah, throw this out so people are like oh cool i look forward to some new material like that we might see this with black widow too they just start showing us a little bit more of the movie because it's like uh remember us <laughs> <laughs> hey we're over here hey hey remember, yeah. remember when we used to be friends <laughs> Yeah. Some sort of swarm. So maybe we'll see more of that. Who knows? Oh, I, I want to. Have they said when they pushed Wonder Woman 2? Or it's just that it's not. I got the list somewhere. I've. Uh, it's. it's. Um, I think it's pushed to August. I'm, don't quote me to that, but I'm pretty sure okay. it's an August baby now. And, and honestly, I. It'll be passed. It'll be pushed again. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's something that you continue <laughs> one, to push. One movie that's uh, funny to talk about in all of this is The New Mutants got the shaft once again. <laughs> really? Well, The New Mutants has been on like the shelf over at Fox or has been danced around back and forth with like release dates. And he always kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And then all of a sudden <laughs> there's the merger with Fox and Disney. And then I was like, well, it's happening, New Mutants. And I think it was supposed to come out this month well obviously it's got the shaft again so and it's the last sort of of the fox developed x-men movies yeah uh, swan song so to speak so, so it's the last one and the trailer looks like it's a it's a horror coming which i'm thinking like why not just release them around the halloween time anyways but yeah yeah speaking of yeah. of halloween um Big confirmation today with Sam Raimi. Yes, that's gonna Taking over Doctor Strange too. That's and and then like four hours later, as I was perusing the interwebs, um, oh fuck, 
I've had a day. I can't remember. Bruce Campbell. Sorry. Wow. That, that shows how weak I am. Uh, Bruce, Is he going to be in it? He's asking to be in it. He's asking for a part. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, so that, you know, has definite legs he, to be great. If he wants to be in it, he'll just be in it. Like, I think he he'll just be in it. He was in all three Spider-Man movies. <laughs> he'll be in it. He'll be in it for sure. Like, when is that even... When is, like... It's weird that they've hired a director because right now, who knows when? Like they can even start producing. Yeah, I don't even know when Doctor Strange Two is supposed to come out. It's already, the first one came out in what 2016, 2017? So it's already been a few years. It's been pushed to October twenty twenty one. The release date. Yeah. yeah. I think the reason they did this, though, was because what's his name? The director's name eludes me, went to executive producer and they left it at that. Like there was a lot of things that like that were still being looked into and in the works. And, you know, if you follow Hollywood, right, and you kind of understand how, you know, you've got your steps towards greenlighting a picture. And I'm not saying I'm pro by any means, but you've got your meetings and then you hear about how they're talking. And then you obviously know, okay, now they're talking about price. And then eventually you find out that somebody has been assigned and then director and actors and all that other shit comes. But with this one, there was like, Hey, we don't have a director because the executive producer kind of went head to head with the studio over creative differences. So that kind of was something I guess people thought should be confirmed. That's my idea. Why it kind of popped up out of nowhere. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like if they left that so long by the wayside kind of thing, people wouldn't give a shit about it much as much anymore. And, you know, it might not be as a popular topic to talk about because there's no reason to talk about this shit. Um, but just, you know, just so you know, we've booked Sam Raimi. It's in good hands. Wait till this happens. Cause I mean, he's, I mean, that's true. Yeah. You know, that, that means something to somebody just like how Obi-Wan was put on hold. And now it's this week, it's been confirmed that it's back on for production once they can go back to, uh, back to actually hanging out in the same room with each other. So I guess there's just like odds and ends that need some housekeeping when it comes to the industry speak. Well, you would think with a show like Obi-Wan or anything special effects heavy, you'd be able to kind of, the the sets are big, right? Like we saw the sets of Mandalorian and how they showed up all the new tech they were using for that. So there's probably possible that it's like, okay, the lighting guys, you come in, you come in, you got to keep your distance. When you're done, get out. Then the next guys come in, do their thing. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, everybody's adapting, right? Adapt or die, as they say. Yeah. Um, lastly, I kind of wanted to. Uh, <laughs> I wanted. I found this article, and I thought it would be fun to just kind of go back and forth because we've we've lost our ability to be like, I say something, and then you're like, fucking bullshit, and then you get to call each other out. So, um, this was an article based on who could have played. Uh, the Joker from the 1989 Batman, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Who else was casted? Yep. Were these, were these like rumors at the time or were these people that were actually considered? They were considered. They were uh, approached. Okay, okay. They were, they were, they were lunched and then things just kind of changed. And like for whatever reason, one or another, like maybe the actor didn't want to do it or maybe Burton moved on to somebody else kind of deal. A hundred percent. And I just wanted to go over the merit of what we know about them now and compare it to them when they would have had this role and could they have done it as opposed to where they went when they did it because I didn't write that shit down. So so out of the the list here, we've got Robin Williams as the first pick for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's 
<laughs> I'm surprised they didn't get. Batman was probably pretty big by then. Was he not? 89 was the first Batman movie? Yeah. I, Robin was kind of maybe not as big as maybe he had in the 90s in terms of like Mrs. Doubtfire and like that. Yeah, uh, I mean... But I th- knowing him as an actor, I think he would have crushed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. As, as the Joker. And it and it's it's always hard to like... like I, I'm like, okay, Patch Adams is the Joker. Or you know Peter Pan is the Joker, right? Like you 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 assign these roles to these people that you don't know based on who they've played, so that's how you. Yeah, end. he definitely didn't play the villain a lot. Um, he was the villain in one hour one hour photo. He did in one hour photo, but those were definitely not Joker kind of characters. Those were more serious, dramatic. Yeah, like Joker's um, can't be. Like the thing is, you know, he can sort of do the villainous role, and then all he has to do is just add in one of his like crazy manic sort of characters that he already is, and then yeah. he has a wild ride in the Joker. At least in the Tim Burton one, I don't know if his Joker would have worked in say the Nolan or even uh, maybe well, not probably no, not Suicide Squad, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like at, and at the time too. I mean, the the, the list that I. I was very surprised at the list because they're actually all good when you look at them as their skill. But if you compare them to other roles that they went down the line, you just like, I'm I'm trying to find another role that the next example, Tim Curry could do. And I honestly think it's because of it. Like it is, it, it totally was where I think a lot of people saw him to be able to be menacing because that's coming like what you you've got Rocky Horror Picture Show you've got a long list of Tim Curry movies at the time but like I don't think that he would have been able I don't think he's got the maniacal in him that's just my opinion you uh no I was getting on the pop there almost to me was like because uh, it came out after I'm not assume right uh it came yeah it came out after uh. uh um, no, I'd actually, I think, I think Curry could have made a, made a great Joker. Um, I think he's kind of got that, like, you know, his eyes just get big and he can, he's got that smile and he showed it, right? Like, in, like, like yeah. Uh, okay. By his clown. Um, but there was more on that. I was to keep going through this a little quicker. On uh, this one, I didn't write down who he played. Maybe you can, um, like Lord of the Rings really, I mean, I, I love it, but it's not, I'm, I'm no, you know, Colbert when it comes to Lord of the Rings. Um, Brad, Brad Dourif. Oh, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also the voice of uh, Chucky. Yes, the voice. Yes, play. yes, definitely. So the voice yeah. of Chucky. Um, what's his face is um the guy controlling the the king in Lord of the Rings, in the two towers. Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly who he is in Lord of the Rings. I'm just thinking. Uh, no, I don't think he would have been a good Joker. Uh, you know who he also played is Billy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, like he is more of a well, okay, so that is similar kind I, of role, yeah. but I just don't think like his uh, appearance kind of usually. I don't know. He's maybe too. I feel like he's almost like too scrawny. I was gonna go. He, <laughs> he makes uh, to me like a better scarecrow or okay, yeah, like a mangy character as opposed to because like yeah, jo- Joker's. I don't, I don't see know. him as like the Joker. Like when you say Curry and Rob Williams, like those are leading men. Yes. Uh, in, in, their, in their respective movies, uh, Brad Durst was uh, maybe not as uh, you know name grabbing true as Chucky, but it was never like 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I get, I totally get what you're saying. Like, based on a few small roles, maybe, but not physical and stature, like, and and things you consider well, when you're casting. It's funny, you, it's funny you mentioned that name because I think actually Mark Hamill has now taken over the voice of Chucky, has he not? He has taken over the yeah, voice of Chucky. Yeah, and he also did to what many consider to be one of the essential Jokers on the animated yeah. show and video games. Which, like, I love Mark Hamill for being like, I'm going to do this big series, and then I'm going to do Fuck Sweet All, and then I'm going to do voice acting. And it's like, you are one of the most well-known actors in the last 50 years, let's say 75 years of cinema. And you've got these, like, bit roles that are off the beaten path, that are obscure after you do this giant anthology of a movie series. I just, I, I, I love his down-to-earthness because of, I think it's because he didn't do much after Star Wars, to tell you the truth. Well, he had the he had the accident right in between Empire. Or was it? What he, was that? He's a yeah. star. He, he's in like a car accident. Yeah. The, around Empire or Jedi, I can't remember what it was. You can see it in the movies. Um, it's in his face, isn't it? So, you can see him kind of beaten up. Yeah, it's on it's on his face. I think it's on the right side of his face. Um, so I think after that, like I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know what it was. Could he name another big live action movie that he's been in? That he was in in the nineties or in the two thousands. No, besides can't. like Jay and Silent Bob. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that I mean that's that's where he's really just playing like a meta mockery version of himself. Right? Yeah, um, and he played himself in the Simpsons, one of the Simpsons episodes. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that, like you said, he was in this huge anthology anthology of a sci fi series, and then. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's the most anti-Hollywood thing to do, but at the same time, it's so very Hollywood to be like, that thing on your face, you've lost roles. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, up after Duraf is uh, Ray Liotta, and the only reason he didn't take it was he went, I'm going to do Goodfellas instead. And that was probably better. I could not. Yeah. Yeah. That scene where it's like he's doing that laugh in the bar in Goodfellas, and it's like, it's a really yeah, and then watching him like running around coked out of his gills, like it, it, I'm just like I, like, I feel like his, bad. For yeah, him. his character in Goodfellas, he's amazing in Goodfellas, but I, uh, yeah, I don't see him as a, I don't see him as a Joker. And then more, more like a two faced character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like definitely could be in the it, 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 like two face or maybe. Who else am I thinking of here? I'm drawing blanks on Batman villains for all the f- fuck. Uh, let's just move on. <laughs> uh, rounding it off, uh, we've got David Bowie, John Lithgow, and James Woods. Out of those three, one makes sense. Who would you? I don't Bowie. even know out of those three who I would have picked. I don't think uh, Bowie would have done a good job. Maybe looked the part. Uh, like would have would have made a good looking joker uh but i have not nothing against his acting i just don't think he would have been there for it you know what uh, maybe yeah now that john you say lithgow, that yeah. john lithgow would have been good but uh i didn't feel like lithgow looks good. i'm gonna take i'm gonna take everything i know about him being a badass and cliffhanger and be like no i can't take him seriously as a bad guy it's... Well, yeah like uh, that's just it like uh 
he just was more of the sort of dopey sort of dad, and he would have had to, like crazier makeovers than I don't know. I don't think this girl would have been a good one. Yeah. And then who was the third? Uh, the third was James Woods. <laughs> yeah, again, James Woods give him uh, Commissioner Gordon. Right. Yeah. Give him, uh, give him like a scruffy uh, cop. James, you know, John Lithgow would have been Alfred. <laughs> um, David Bowie could have been like the Riddler. Yeah, the Riddler. Yeah, the Riddler would have been good. There you go. Yeah. I think the, I think the list plays well for to put them all into a super Batman movie. Like if they made Year Zero into a movie, then let's bring back all these people for their you know respective roles. But like as of original Jack, like and I I mean, the argument forever will be Heath or Jack. But those are you can't compare those two because Jack uh, gave birth to the role I and ha- Heath I Ledger. T- I haven't seen it, but I think in the coming years, you people will just add Joaquin to that that list now um, he did win the Oscar I was actually able to, to yeah I know um, so he's done done pretty pretty well I, again I haven't seen the movie but I just think in the next coming years you'll see that more as a putting his name into there because you know you're going to have you know, have people right now that are between the ages of 15 to like 24 or whatever. Like, oh, this is great. This is my, yeah. this is my joke. <clears throat> yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, it'll eventually it will outrun Heath and definitely, you know, lap Jack. And then, yeah, I get what well, you're yeah, saying. Well, yeah, Jack will be the first because not everyone's going to start jumping on board with the Tim Burton's Batman movie, right? So yeah, it'll just be a cycle and eventually it'll be Heath or Joaquin. You won't even mention Jack in the same circle anymore. So um, I want to close this uh, out with you with the whole purpose of this because I kind of thought, well, how do we do this, right? And then I started playing around in my head that we can still talk to each other on the phone. That's not a hard thing to accomplish. But um, we don't get to have guests on anymore because, you know, who knows what and and who's got what and who. Um, But we can still somehow figure it out. So I figured as soon as we figured out the phone aspect of the show – everybody is pretty much at home watching shit and has an opinion on something now, like their hobbies, their interests, all the things that kept them outside enjoying life. They're now a little bit more invested in entertainment because it takes you out of the bullshit we're having to go through right now. So if everybody has an opinion, then let's not let's, let's find out everybody's opinion. So what the fuck are you watching right now? That's keeping you occupied. Uh, well, it's not movies, but I am that's fine. watching Dragon. I'm binge watching Dragon Ball Z. That's so fine. That's what I'm going through. <laughs> <laughs> right now, like I said, I don't know if you caught any of it, uh, but like, I have we've allowed TV to be on the show because there's lots of TV out there. To ignore it would just do an injustice to the whole entire media form. So we're letting TV play here because everybody's experiencing new things. So why not us? And if it sticks, great. And if it doesn't, no big deal. So what Dragon Ball Z are you watching? What's that? What Dragon like, Ball? Which one? There's a lot that I'm that I'm aware. Well, of. there's Dragon Ball. There's Dragon Ball, and there's Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. So these are all the same universe, just different shows. So the best way to describe that would almost be like, uh, man, I don't even know. It's all the same sort of continuous story, though. Okay. Uh, so I'm watching Dragon Ball, which debuted in 1989. Holy shit! Ran for ran for nine seasons. Is uh, that okay? Is that the one with like? the the origin story of Goku and Gohan and Piccolo and Vegeta. That's, well, the origin story of Goku is Dragon Ball. 
Okay. That came out a few years before Dragon Ball Z did. That was, uh, I think that's about six seasons. Um, that's kind of when he's a kid and then sort of early teenage years. Uh, and then Dragon Ball Z, now he's married, and now he has Gohan, and Dragon Ball Z sort of follows okay. their story. That's the one I watched so, on YTV at like 2 yes, in the morning y- a lot. That's, that's what YTV debuted in the late 90s, okay. 2000s. Perfect. Then that's the Dragon yeah, Ball, that's, that's the one I know really well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I've actually been sort of binging that every other day uh, since about <laughs> December. That's awesome. There's, 200, there's like 290 episodes. Doesn't that feel uh, fucking comforting? Season, now I'm on season nine. I'm only like 20 episodes away. Uh, just being about done because I've had a lot of time on my hands now, so it's been <laughs> easier to binge. Um, and then after I'm done that, I'm going to go back and watch all of Dragon Ball, and then I'm going to try and watch some Dragon Ball Super, which is the new show which started in 20, uh, 2015. So. so just for anybody who's never heard about, because it's Japanimation, right? If I'm correct on that. Well, anime. Anime, okay, who, all right. Who has said Japanimation See, since, since HMV would have those sections <laughs> at, the, at the store? <laughs> you can watch your cartoons, you can watch Japanimation. It's, 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 it's the, <laughs> I feel horrible for saying that, because as soon as it left my lips, I was like, I'm going to be crucified for this, and it's not yeah. Easter anymore. So, <laughs> so my apologies for my ignorance, anime. Um, what's the story? Like, I know the majority of the story, but for anybody who's like, hey, this Dragon Ball show sounds interesting, tell people, like, an abridged version. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to really, like, I wouldn't even really want to sell it on people if they never, like, hadn't watched anime okay. or even seen Dragon Ball at all. Because they're <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'll watch this bit. Because it's interesting to watch. Because as a show, like, especially in Dragon Ball uh, Z, the episodes don't have, like, a first like they kind of have a structure to them but the episode will just sort of end with like another cliffhanger and then the next episode will be like just them dealing with that last cliffhanger that you kind of saw and then that episode will end there's no like oh this is the villain for this episode okay. right. and it wasn't it's, it's sort of like a saturday morning cartoon cartoon but it has a continuous plot which i always loved and i still love because I've been watching 200 plus episodes of an hour ago. Man, these characters <laughs> develop. They do develop after many episodes. I know there's the whole joke of people charging up their attacks to last for forever, and that's okay. So no, I, I, yeah, like I, man, everything is on the table right now, and I remember how like when it would be on. Like I, I, I remember like the fight scenes are done really well in that series. Like I was very oh, yeah. invested in in like Piccolo was my favorite character. Didn't he have like a little version of him? Like kind of like a little. Well, there's like his race, he's a Namek, and yeah. there's a, another like Namek that's a part of the crew. So like... It's not a little Piccolo. It's like just another guy. <laughs> Ignorant level seven reached. Okay. Yeah. This is all you. What do you? I'm trying to teach you. But to answer your question, like, how would I describe it? I think this would be, it's a cartoon wrestling soap opera show. There right? you go. It's, people come back from the dead. They fight. They overreact. <laughs> people are friends, and then they're not friends. And people are good, and then they're bad. And then they're bad, and they're good. It's really just more people becoming good and then bad, or bad than they're good. But yeah, that's how I'd describe it. Perfect. It's a, it's, it doesn't hold any punches. If someone's going to die, you're like, oh, this person will probably die. And then they do. You're okay. Like, oh, there you go. 
So it's it's like it, it, it would be on par with like a cartoon version of Game of Thrones where it's like we're writing a character off the show. So be it. Um, no, no, bad analogy. <laughs> no, like kind of a good analogy, but like Game of Thrones was more like there was consequences. I can't speak for all of Game of Thrones because I haven't seen it all. But like when someone would die in Game of Thrones, like that was a consequence, right? Like if someone dies uh, in Dragon Ball Z, it's like the soap opera thing or like a comic book. You're like, oh, they'll be back. Okay. And it's like 20 episodes later, oh, look, they're back somehow because this magical thing that they did got them all back or they wished them back with the Dragon Balls, whatever it is. All right. All right. I get it now. (laughs) There you go. Uh, And lastly, um, everybody's got a comfort movie, a favorite movie, a background movie. Um, it's in your personal catalog. We've talked about this many times before. So uh, just wondering what you would want to say. Hey, take this, run with it. You'll fucking enjoy it. What's a Chris Stanton approved well, I, movie? I probably always, I probably, I think, I don't know if you've asked me this before on the podcast. Probably I have. Yeah, we've probably discussed it. Yeah. Um, but I think my go-to for that question is usually uh, Speed Racer. Uh, from the Wachowski siblings and uh, <laughs> starring Emilia Hirsch and John Goodman and Susan Sarandon, 2008. And what what is it that, like, I mean, like, well, what, what, what? Speed what? Racer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Wachowski siblings adaptation of the 1960s anime. Um, if they were to do, if there was, if anime all of a sudden starts becoming this thing where they would start adapting, comic books nobody goes start adapting anime into live action they've already kind of tried that netflix has tried doing that and the results have been awful um the wachowski siblings to me seem to kind of grasp just the sort of craziness that anime sort of brings out um and i I feel like they really nailed it with speed racer uh they were showing off just even how the movie was shot they were showing off tech like you know how you're showing me the the disney mandalorian yes uh that stuff where it was, pro- it was screen projecting the in- um, yeah, the, uh, for the- for speed racer this, so this came out in 2008 so they probably shot it like 2006 what they'd actually were able to do is what they would do is they would shoot they would shoot a room in like 3d and then they would just shoot all the actors on green screens and then they could take the 3D room that they had and be able to move it around for, like, an editing or in post-production oh, or whatever. Like a like a um, movable like, background. Yes. Yes. Oh. It was basically like that projection that you kind of showed me, except that was all in real time. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was rendered real time. With the, like, yeah, okay. This is so they don't have to, like, okay, so we shot the scene like this. Now we have to change the set and move everything like this. So, no, they were just shooting. And you can, like, watching it, you can tell that it's, like it's effects heavy there's like the cut there's no real cuts in the movie everything just blends into the next frame or shots are overlaid and everything else it's a it's a wild adventures trip and if you it is. got time you gotta you got some drugs um <laughs> it's on netflix i usually every time i didn't get a chance to see it in theaters when it came out in college uh uh which i was really disappointed i couldn't really find anyone to go and i just didn't get a chance to see it so I eventually saw it later. But so every time I've shown it off to people, I'm generally like, okay, the movie starts out like with a race, speed racer, so there's going to be tons of racing. If after the opening scene at the race, it's about 10 minutes or 10, 15 minutes, if you're not into it, 
and I'm fine with just turning it off. The opening scene is just cool enough for me to want to watch anyways, <laughs> so if they don't want to keep following up with the rest of the movie, I'm like, that's fine. Generally, I think I'm like 100% for most people by the time it comes to like the opening credits or whatever. They're like, no, let's keep this going. It's like, all right. <laughs> that's what I fucking thought. It is no, it, it's it's definitely a visual trip for sure. I remember like just some of the scenes where the cars are like whipping, like the maneuvers that the cars do are like pre. Well, and they, what I like is they just don't hold back with like the melodrama. They know this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, the fact that everyone's named like Speed is their last, or like Racer is their last name. That's yeah, like actually, just named Speed. They don't take themselves um, too seriously. They they embrace it, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like if. There was a live-action Dragon Ball uh, movie back around 2008. Um, starred some of the actors from Shameless, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, awesome. Was not and, received. Yeah. Was not received well. It bombed. Um, so that probably set things back. But you just got to find, obviously, a director that's passionate. Um, what's his name? Director of Thor and Jojo Rabbit. Uh, take it I think has been in talks. To be uh, directing Akira, really? But I'm not really. Like Akira has been one of these movies for like the last two decades. Someone else. Someone I've heard it chatted talk. about, and I know it's. I know it's like. I know it would be. It's. It's a big deal for the anime community, right? Yeah, it's a like a pretty pivotal '80s sort of like. It's sort of like the Godfather, maybe. If you oh, want. okay. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, everything's yeah exploding over here in like. If at least exploding over here in West for the Western audience. Okay. Um, all takes place in like Neo Tokyo, and you know it's it's an amazing movie. Uh, but it'd be I think Leo DiCaprio back in the day production team or something was involved. Or, okay. But you were mentioning Bellinue uh. uh, earlier, and that got me thinking. I'm like, man, I don't know what what's his name's up to with <laughs> Akira, but <laughs> Denise uh, or Denis Villeneuve or how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I think just in terms of a visionary uh, standpoint, I think he'd be great for Akira. So but who knows? Well, yeah, and I mean the the thing I'm my my I do like anime. I I've I've restarted Castlevania on Netflix actually because I've like there's a certain style that I don't mean Martin gave me shit for this, but I like Ninja Scroll was my first, which I think a lot of like. Why did he give you shit for it? Well, he just laughed at me because he was like dumb white boy, right? Like <laughs> he, he took oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. You know what I'm well, saying? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just, there was nothing else uh, hardcore back on, and like exactly. <laughs> and and it so was, it was like that in Spawn. It's like, oh man, this is this is amazing. It was very limited, and it was very para- It's very. It's it's erotic. It's dark. It's violent. It's sexy. It's witty. Like there's a lot of really good points to that movie, and that style has always kind of stuck with me. But I, you know, like there's just too much shit out there to to consume. So I'm like, well, I'll just... yeah. There's there's a you know what? Uh, I'll fire you some based off of just the suggestions we've already talked. Or the movie shows we've yeah. I'll fire you some suggestions, um, and then you can figure out how to watch them. In your own illegal way. <laughs> All right. Well, dude, um, this has been a blast. It's great to hear your voice. It's great to talk to you. It's great to you know hear you make you fucking. I miss laughing. That's a that's a huge thing. Not that I'm not laughing here with Sean all the time, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like we're fuck. We started this thing, and then you know I think we really found our groove, and then this thing was like 
you got to dance to a different tune. So it's really great to figure out a way to still do this and not, you know, lose our momentum and enjoyment. And, you know, Utah, I don't want to lose Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about Utah. Hey, Utah. <laughs> hey, Utah. Um, so I hope that you uh, have a great rest of your week. And yes. we're, we're going to do more of these uh, as we go. I'm just, this is like the test run right now with like, cause, and I, and I've, I've said this before, like it, we're, we're going to do everybody and then we'll see what we catch and then we'll keep going. So, um, take care, tell the wife I say hi and, uh, I miss you. Okay, doke. Yeah. See you later, man. Thanks. Hello. Hi. That's a lot better. I think these uh, this headphone mic might actually take out some of the background noise and stuff. It very much is actually. Good. I'm just trying to get. And I can here. I can comfortably uh, lay back in my bed and chill. That's awesome. That's the best part of this. Like I wish I could do that in bed right now, but I feel I just I like get sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> And like I, 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 I don't. You can't lay in bed without sexy voice kicking in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just start start talking like Barry White whenever you're in the bedroom. Well, it's not. It's not that I'm talking like Barry White. It's just the fact that like I get cozy, and then I don't give a shit about like pr- my chest area being open enough so that I project. So then I just sound all growly, and you know. Hey, baby. Ex- it, no, it's totally like that. It's a hundred percent like that, and I don't want people. To assume that, like, like I want it to sound real. <laughs> I don't want it to sound like it's like yeah, he's at, he's at home and it's COVID, but still, like, sit up, motherfucker. Well, I'll st- it, it can't be as bad as some of the late night hosts, the cameras that they're using to broadcast from home. Oh, it's it's like it, did did you see the Saturday Night Live uh, 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 special they did? You mean the faked Tom Hanks? Uh... <laughs> The deep fake Tom Hank monologue. <laughs> Do you think it's a deep fake? Like I no, but I I watched a whole I read a whole Twitter feed story like a thirty part Twitter story about how it's fake, and he points out all the different reasons it's fake. And okay, I don't even want to continue until you tell me at least two of them. Oh, well, so he goes in and he does it like frame by frame stop motion and he zooms in and looks at like the neck of it. Like, you know how deep fakes that you can't fake the neck. Yes. So he goes and zooms in and sees how the neck is different than the face and how his his jowls change shape so much. And you can tell at the front that it looks like it's being filmed through a set of um, institutional doors, like they're metal doors with metal hinges. Oh. And it's like, and then it's like, could you really think that Tom Hanks' kitchen just looks like this? Like, he lives in a $20 million mansion. You think he's really at home? And so the, this whole big thing was that he's actually in an institution, a government institution somewhere, and he's filming it from there because they don't want to let on that he's locked up. Or or worse, dead. Or possibly dead. dead. Or possibly, or possibly dead. dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay, yes, when when I was watching that, and and also um, like the concerts, we've all we've all been watching the concerts, I guess, right? You've seen them all. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw the two hours on Saturday, only the two hours of it, though. Oh yeah, because I didn't feel like tuning in 
to like every different time zone throughout the day to catch up. That was like the highlights, basically what they showed us. Yeah. And then I saw the country music awards ones too, actually. Oh, okay. We'll get there. They were good. I just, I couldn't stop critiquing what was in whose house on, (laughs) on these, on these shows, like me and Shauna were sitting there and like the first thing that like she was like, we were, we were all sitting here and, and the first thing that we see on the screen (laughs) is Jimmy Fallon has a slide in his house. Yeah, that's what we're doing. I'm like, does he have a fucking slide in his house? Right. <laughs> like, is it, what does he live in a treehouse? Like, <laughs> the fuck did he like? Did he steal a McDonald's and cut, like turn the indoor playground into his basement? I was wondering that. I'm like, I want a tour of whatever that slide does. No kidding. Like, where does it start? Right. That's yeah. We we, we clearly know where it ends, but where is is that like? Is that like in his closet so that when he's ready, he can slide all the way down in the basement if they're like, you know, hosting a no. dinner or something? <laughs> no, that would be cool. Right? Where's Jimmy? Whoop, right down the slide. That would um, be super cool. There was some other things too that, oh, fuck, I can't remember. What well, I was were. like John Legend. They flashed to him and he's got like a backdrop of fucking Grammys and VMA awards. And <laughs> well, doesn't, isn't he an EGOT member? I think he is. He might actually be. Yeah. For those that don't know what EGOT is, EGOT is Emmy. Grammy, Oscar, Tony, right? That's right. That's right. So, and I mean, you can win Oscars for songs too, right? So that's true, which I think he did because I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I think we would uh, at some point figure out um, if or <laughs> if whether or not John Legend acted in a movie worthy of an Oscar. I think that might yeah. go. That would be that would be floating around out there as public knowledge. I think. Are we on the radio? Are we recording already? Well, we've been recording since we started. Oh, well, there you go. So, so the thing with the the EGOT is, is I was reading into them a little while ago, and there's, I don't know if anybody's actually done them in the like the top categories for each one. Like, I don't know if somebody's won in, like an Oscar for acting, a Tony for like the lead in a musical. Oh, okay, uh, I get what you're a, saying. Right, you know, a Grammy for an actual musical album. Yeah, no, like that kind of thing. And an Emmy for acting, they're always usually like some variant, like an yes. actor who put out a spoken word album or something that won in a bizarre category for a Grammy. Yeah, like I think the only person that I could think of off the top of my head that might fall into what you're saying, like the upper echelon of each uh, award, would be Charles Gambino, Donald Glover. Yeah, maybe. Because he writes, he sings, he acts. And he sings again, so <laughs> I think, I yeah, think he he's could, a he's a, one of those triple threat kind of guys. Yeah, right. And it's I I I I do dig that whenever you find out that like an actor is equally as good as a singer. Yeah, you know they just didn't go down that route, but they still kind of maintained their training in some level, right? Yeah, um, for sure. The Tony Oscar has the big overlap. Yeah, definitely. The Grammy's kind of a hard one to throw in there sometimes. Yeah, because unless you strategically go okay i want to win a grammy like you can stumble into an oscar by writing a song you can stumble into a tony by even like singing the original track right like yeah if it's in the musical and you did an album with it i i don't i'm fairly certain you can get like original score in a tony so and then you've got your oscar which i mean some people have won for a lot less than what we're talking about <laughs> well it's true i'm wondering if people like that have two or three that are trying to go for it actually look for like a bizarre little known category that just sitting around. Like if waiting. you have a Tony and Oscar and an Emmy, do you be like, um, okay, so if I put like a country kids album out, is there much <laughs> competition or 
<laughs> just shortchanging the like the the easiest category, right? Being yeah, the, it's like smooth, the ringer with Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> smooth jazz world music. Yeah. <laughs> Folk transcendent trip hop. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Is there like a category for instructional albums? <laughs> <laughs> Can I narrate how to put IKEA yeah. furniture together? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he won for the vocal manual to how to assemble the Wurstermeiner. <laughs> the Kugenflügen. <laughs> the Kugenflügen. And man, is that a fucking fun <laughs> album, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Okay, well let's 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 shift gears here and, and... I'm going to start telling you that I didn't over for today cuz uh well, I'm not good at it. First of all, um it's great to feel things that are like I'm I'm glad that there's some continuity in my life because whether I'm in the room with you or whether um, we're recording over the phone together, you've done two things that I counted on you to do. One, ask if we were recording. (laughs) (laughs) And two, tell me you have underprepared, but you are always, you you do the thing, you do the smart thing. You underpromise and you overdeliver. And I know it. That's the way to do things. That's the way to do things because then there's no expectations, right? That's right. Okay, cool. So, um, Low, low expectations. I put everybody. some thought into the questions, but I haven't prepared like a big long spiel on each of them. You know what? I thought that like I'm trying to phrase one-on-one debates for as far as this goes. So these questions are kind of like come up with a silly answer on the fly. Nothing too rehearsed because we're going to be talking to everybody, right? Like we've got the darlings are coming on friends of mine and Mark, uh, Denise and Doug said they wanted to do the show. Nice. Noah and Marissa are going to do the show because this thing is kind of evolving into, like I've said before, everybody is a critic now. Everybody's at home. So we can all talk about the same thing, even if you were like, I was an outdoorsman before COVID and I was always outside, never watching TV. Well, now you're home and now you can express your opinion. So we're all on the same playing field. Everybody's sitting at home being critical of one thing or another. Exactly. Whether it be your government or whatever's on Netflix. (laughs) Tiger King or Brian Pallister. Pick one. (laughs) You know that like the world is finding everything that gets new released on Netflix is getting immediately consumed by everybody who's stuck at home. Oh, Netflix is sitting there like a Mr. Burns, just like counting the downloads <laughs> like and they could they could probably like steer the collective consciousness of the world by what they decide to release new oh dear lord yes oh right? I like didn't they, even... by releasing tiger king when they did they created that i mean so they could release like a politically charged documentary they could put oh. something light they could change the the mood of the country just by what the next Netflix show is that's released. That is a lot of response. That's, that is great power and great responsibility right there. Right. That's it's scary, but it's true. I didn't even think of it like that. Cause you're just like, Oh, I just want to watch shit to like, kind of forget that this is not forget, but like, just take yourself away. Right. Good mental health is like, you know, recharge and unplug. Right. In that yep. order. So, or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, no, you can, you can create, conversations that never would happen by content released because that's all like we were we're at your bidding maybe tiger king was a perfect release that just got everybody talking and it's so bizarre and some people could relate and others are just aghast and oh yeah i mean as as much as i was like hey okay let's talk about everything else but tiger king but everybody has an opinion on tiger king which is what is so cool 
about Tiger King is that like it it really is one of those. Do you think she killed her? Do you, like, do you think Carol Baskin really <laughs> killed her husband? Like that's a huge that, that question. And when is the uh, uh, fucking remedy for COVID? Those are the two biggest questions on the planet right now. I saw this meme the other. It's like uh, it was at Easter. That's what it was. And the meme was so just so we're all on the same page. Are we telling the kids the Easter Bunny died of COVID or that Carol Baskin fed him to the lions? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's amazing. And that pretty much summed up Easter, right? Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> like sitting around carving the ham. So I, <laughs> I know you think Carol did it, but we need to talk, honey. <laughs> no shit. All right. Um, Back to back to what's on point. Back here. to our uh, t- uh, the the format. Here. The form the, the format, quote unquote. Right? Fuck, we threw up. You format. gotta steer me to it. <laughs> Come steer on, puppy. me back to it. Come on, puppy. Um, so these are actually cur- most of these are courtesy of Chrissy because I put a call out and she was the only one who answered. Which bless her fucking heart. I love it when she does because she's like she's sitting on some gold sometimes when I'm sitting here having a creative block and I'm like, okay, how do you phrase it, whatever. I just need these to text. Ones, these ones kind of made me wonder what actually is going on in her mind half the time. <laughs> yeah, you have to live with her. I just get her gold. <laughs> I'm like, is this what's going on in your mind while we're just hanging out at home? <laughs> yeah, because you're together all the time. So yeah. it's like, when did that? When did you have a chance to think about that? That I wasn't watching you do something. <laughs> she doesn't present as so far out sometimes. All right. Well, cool. I love it. Uh, so her first question for us to talk about was. Um, if you were to take any Dr. Seuss book and turn it into a horror movie, which one would it be and who would you cast? I'm going to make this easy on both of us because I only got what my plot would be. Um, so do you want me to go first or do you want to take this one? I want I want you to go first and then I'll I'll kind of mirror okay. what you think. Sweet. All right. So uh, and, and, the, and anybody who's listening, uh, follow us on Twitter and you can vote because this is what we're going to start doing. We're going to start like oh, our nice. one-offs here. So if people want to tweet, hey, listen, I thought Mark was better, then just tweet at us and we'll find it. So um, I went with Green Eggs and Ham. And I I originally was going to go with one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, but it's more, it's like, there's not a lot of like substance subtext context there. It's just learning to count. So, um, one fish, two fish, red rum, blue fish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just off the cuff. He says, Uh, (laughs) so, uh, I kind of went a different route. We had two characters. We have our main character, Sam. I am. And then I found out um, that the other character in the book is actually Guy Am I. I didn't know no, that. No, I didn't know that either. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. More you know. So um, I came at this from like a hostile perspective where Sam I Am <laughs> is running like a freak house of like torture and madness. And it, it appears to be a restaurant, like a three-star Michelin restaurant. And Guy I Am, Guy Am I is a food blogger who accidentally finds himself uh, at the at basically at the whim of Sam I am and he traps him, drugs him in the food, obviously traps him and then force feeds him like weird, gross concoctions until they get to the, the green eggs and ham at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I obviously the green eggs and ham is like the poison round, like the worst round, like, like spikes in it or something or like some sort of exploding marble in his mouth. Like, but green eggs and ham is like the killer dish and you gotta, gotta like, and there would be other like dishes from other, um, Dr. Seuss books like I'd have like um, the who from Horton. Here's a who like he'd be force fed elephant from Whoville. 
<laughs> when it was the half uh, a lumps and Hef yes ex yes exactly and then like the dog from the grinch would be in there too <laughs> like, uh, some uh some lorax roast maybe yeah, yeah lorax <laughs> like just really deep dark like human centipede meets hostile kind of thing right like just absolutely. so that that was my uh take on that did you what did you uh. have? So um, we started talking about, and again, I was chatting with it with Chrissy, just kind of spitballing ideas, and uh, I kind of settled on a, uh, a psychological thriller, okay. uh, sort of horror genre, um, it, based on um, uh, the oh, what the, now I forget the name of the dad book, um, with the cat in the hat. Oh, okay. yeah, cat in the hat. The cat in the hat. Yeah. The cat, it's called the cat in the hat. The thing right? with the cat in the hat. Oh, the cat in the hat. The cat in the hat, right? Yeah. So it's it's the two kids who are left home alone. Well, the parents leave, right? Yeah. And the cat in the hat arrives with his two <laughs> evil minions, right? Thing one and thing two. Um in the book, right? So and then they cause havoc and mayhem. But the whole real gist of it is is that then the cat in the hat's able to reverse time and Ooh. make it as though nothing happened, right? Oh, that's in the real, that's in the book. That's the memento and the parents shit. Come home, right? And the parents come home, and then the kids have these like crazy stories, but there's no evidence of it happening. Oh right? my god! So the cat in the hat and the and thing one and thing two are actually like um like haunting the kids, like they're like they come to them in like visions, right? But the kids, they're real. <laughs> And, and there's actually, you know, there's, there's, and, and it's based, it's not the home, but it, it takes the, uh, the cat in the hat in the home and the, and the disaster they make of the house and turns it into like a city. Right. So the kids are a little bit older, but the kids actually go on like maybe a murderous rampage and they think <laughs> that it's, they think it's all in their mind. Right. And then they go and they do all these things and then, um, and and they're blaming it on the the visions they see the the cat and the hat and the things but really they're the ones doing it but then it turns out in the end that it was all their their imagination because suddenly the things that they thought they did and uh it really didn't happen and it's just a real psychological thriller yeah. kind of thing yeah you got some you got some american psycho in there for sure right yeah oh yeah is it that's what Go ahead. And that kind of even you know, sort of Fight Club esque, where there's yep. maybe like maybe the kids are actually thing one and thing two, and you know they kind of play the, you know when they're they're imagining them doing something like the things doing something, it's actually them, and they're transposing their own personalities onto it. Holy shit! You're you went. Yeah. You, well, I mean, and you had you had a soundboard, so I can imagine she said something, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go deeper. I'm gonna go deeper. Well, okay. Maybe um, the maybe the cat's the puppet master and the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. He's just sitting like like kind of like Saw, where he's like sitting back, setting up all this imaginary shit. That's right. Happen. And then you think, and then it, then it closes out. It's like, boom! All the things that you thought happened didn't end up happening. But then right at the end, you get that little glimmer of like, there's like a fucking hat or something sitting there. So you're like, oh, maybe it was real. <laughs> yeah yeah like the totem in the end of inception yeah, right did he actually exactly. come back did he not yeah a little a little fucking easter egg mind you need a little the something there just to, to make you think about it all right well i know I, I know when i've lost so um anybody out there who wants to 
to tweet who you think won this little mini one-off here, uh, Michael with obviously me uh, with Green Eggs and Ham, uh, or Mark on the other end here with um, the cat in the hat that we couldn't remember the title of. Uh, please tweet. <laughs> it's the one with the cat in the hat. What do they call that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, come cat on. in the hat? <laughs> the All right. So uh, moving on to a little bit lighter of a topic, I hope. Um, second one that she threw at us was, um, let me get this right here. Worst good guy. Uh, what hero would you kill and how would you choose? How would you expose he's actually evil all along? So then you find the perfect good guy and then you create a little bit of a backstory about why they're evil and then, uh, made a better, you, you mean the evil hero that I'll finally bring to justice? Y- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, not justice, but kill him. Meaning that justice has been served. J- yes. Something along those lines, I would imagine. Um, I'm going to give you first round on this one. This here. one's yeah. going to be a no surprise. Again, this, I haven't thought too much about this one, but I just thought of the, the core of it. That's really all we need for a yes, quick, yes. quick fire. Yeah. Right. So, um, I will finally rid the world of uh, Maverick, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I saw this coming. <laughs> and obviously the reason that I'm exposing and finally ridding the world of Maverick is that he actually uh, set up the plane and Goose's seat to actually kill Goose because Maverick oh. wanted Goose's wife all along. Oh, bastard. And that's what they didn't show you in the movie. So he actually, yeah, he rigged the, uh, the top of the cockpit and, and goose's seat so that he'd eject and and kill him. What a cock. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know how cocky he was in the whole movie and he just wanted everything for himself and uh, goose was, uh, beginning to (laughs) share too much of the limelight and he did away with them. Yeah. Like he just wanted, he wanted the love and feeling all to himself. I was gonna say, and the and the song from it is that uh, that it's it's meant to be sung to her, meaning that she's lost the love and feeling for Goose, and now oh. she's gonna go with Maverick. How did I not see this yeah, originally? It's gone, gone, gone. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> so clearly, we're bringing Tom Cruise to justice finally. Yeah, I I'm surprised. I, when... I would actually do a series of just killing off all Tom Cruise characters. <laughs> A reality television show. Who, what, yeah. what crews do we kill this week? Yeah. Um, you'd have a lot of content. You could probably make two or three years out of a show like that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And like you have, people... we could kill Jack Reacher. We could kill... <laughs> you... whatever his character is in MI6. Yeah. Ethan Hunt. There we go. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. And you get people like write in and then come up with different ways to kill crews that week and then right and then they and then they reenact it out and they like some sort of claymation like like robot chicken i would i would see this i would watch this right you definitely got like a 12 a.m time slot on on midnight swim we could even call it killer cruise killer cruise killer, killer. oh wow trademark everybody nobody's allowed to touch this amazing anyways idea. i just had to go for tom cruise you did yeah it's become, you... A, it's become a meme of our uh, show yeah like if there if anybody would ever go to our website and take a look at all the cast bios that we have. I would love it if someone took the picture I chose of you and turned it into a meme of you killing Tom Cruise. That would, that would, I would put that on a fucking get well card. I would, I would do there you go. Yeah, that would, that would, that would grow legs. Okay. My pick. Um, well, I mean, I know everybody thinks they know everything about him because for five long, five, one, two, three, no, four movies. My bad. Four fifth one coming out hopefully soon. Um, Indiana Jones has been 
assumed to be such a genuine caring man about the world and it's lost history and the artifacts that which he, you know, returns to museums around the world. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately though, we've all been duped because he really is um, an artifact smuggler on the black market. Oh. And what he's been doing is he's been rescuing things and then selling them on the black market um, to uh, people who are obviously shady individuals and uh, he's selling it to their private collection. Then only to steal it from said person he sold it to and then sell it on the black market again. So he's just using like King Tut's artifacts and like the, the fucking shroud of Turin for Jesus, whatever you want to call it. He's just reselling it to like create this giant pile of money so that the rest of the multiple world multiple times, multiple times, like he's selling the same artifact. He steals it. He, he finds it. He sells it. He steals from who he sells it to. Then he resells it to somebody else and steals it from them and continues this like, cause like on one, they don't know who he is, right? Like he's just IJ number 42 on eBay or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like they don't know it's actually Indiana Jones. So when he comes to like steal it back from the person he sold it to, they're like, Oh, it's Indiana Jones. The guy who steals artifacts and returns them to museums all the while. He's like, no, I'm Indiana Jones, the black art dealer. That's interesting. That's that was my take on on who's really been evil this in, this entire so you're time. Gonna, you're gonna do away with Indy. Yeah, I mean, and like he like not that he ever really let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, when it came to this evil tendency, these evil tendencies that he has. But I mean, he really didn't run that fast and save that guy from getting his heart ripped out. So I have a feeling that he's kind of a bastard underneath mm-hmm. it all. He just hid yeah, in that little corner in Temple of Doom and didn't do shit. I have a feeling I have a feeling Harrison Ford just plays really you know in reality solo's pretty scummy too so they're all kind of scummy when you think Yeah, like, he's steal shit and he's kind of an outlaw and Yeah. He shoots first. He, he does. He definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots first, whip second, maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't know where that joke's going. Uh, okay, I want to get into something a little bit more. Did did, did Hans shoot first? Han, sh- Han shot first. Yeah, and there's Han actually there's so many like because there's so much time for the for entertainment sites and movie sites to come up with like ten things about this that you didn't know or yeah you know this scene was deleted for this reason like crap that they're digging from movies from two or three years ago. And Star Wars is just at the top of that list. Like every time I go to look online for something for like what's going on in the world, I'm like, I, you can only talk about Star Wars. Like I'm like, I'm done talking about Star Wars for a while. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? To take it back to your Indiana Jones is um, a guy I work with actually hit one of his good friends that he's known for many a year um, has the largest Indiana Jones collection in the world. Really? And yeah, it's a guy that lives here in Winnipeg, or he in, was from Winnipeg. Oh, he's does he have? He's got to have something from the set, I would imagine. Oh yes, he's got. He was collecting. He collected Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and then he dropped Star Wars and went pure indie. Um, and he's good buddies with the guy that runs um, the ranch, Skywalker Ranch, or whatever. Oh, it is, Skywalker Ranch! The, You're just two for has, two for names today. That has the. Uh, um the largest star wars collection really he helped he helped set that one up wow that's you know what we should have him on we we, i probably could get him on i would want to get somebody on who's so deep into the because those movies we all know those movies are made 
part and parcel a entertainment, but B makes money and toys make money. Yeah. So it would be really interesting to talk to somebody who's such a fan of memorabilia and like what it means to them and how they relate it to the movie memorabilia and movies. There it is. Clearly right we do a memorabilia episode. Yep. Done. All right, cool. Or a short series, a three part yeah. series. <laughs> we have so many series on the go. It's, <laughs> this thing, this thing changed to a COVID watch series. And I was like, I didn't even come up with this. It just happened. What the fuck? <laughs> but no, once, once this whole, like I've, I said it on, on the last episode and I'll keep saying it once like this is, this is us modifying the game so that we can stay in it. Um, but once we can go back to being in the same room and doing the shit we love to do, that's it's just no brainer. We'll be back to doing it. If there's one piece of news that I'll hear over all of this pandemic that I know is not bullshit is the fact that people are consuming way more uh, movies, TV at home right now. Yeah. That they ever have in the last God knows how long. I don't Maybe think ever. Yeah. <laughs> this is historic in the sense that, yeah. Like if you took, if Nielsen was like looking at everybody's watch, which they will, you know, the, the story will come out as soon as this is all done. How much TV did we all consume? And, uh, it's going to be a fucking boatload. Oh God. Yeah. Like how many views do you think Tiger King is going to have by the time this is all done? I know it was at a billion, like last week, a billion something. Or I'd li- even like to find out like the movies that they went straight to uh home, like frozen Two. Yeah. How many people, uh, paid per view, uh, stolen or frozen too, or onward for that matter. Like, yeah, onward. Like it's got to be crazy numbers. It's got to be, and I mean nobody wants to release it. I, I was talking to Chris about this, and I think Jimmy too. Um, how, like, don't build a habit of doing this. Like, don't panic. We all want to go. Like we movies. People didn't want to. People didn't stop going to movies because they didn't want to go. They stopped because it wasn't safe to be in the room. So when you make it so that we all want to stay at home and watch them, you'll create a fucking habit. Mm-hmm. And no, no habit. I want to be in a movie theater with other people laughing and cheering. And I saw a tweet about uh, it was a, it was the audio recording of the theater, the moment Iron Man snaps in Endgame. Oh, yeah. And it was like a 30 second from Snanos being like, I am, blah, blah, and then he snaps nothing. And then I'm Iron Man, that one. And it was people cheering and screaming and clapping. And I, f- I got to tell you, man, it was like the greatest noise to hear because that's why you go, you go for a shared experience when you go to the movie theater. You can watch it at home. But like the, the shared reactions of like why you thought that scene was great and you were freaking out and everybody else was like, meh. Like that's why you go to a movie theater to, to have absolutely. That. It's a shared experience. Yeah. So, um, and, and I hope it, it certainly is happening for me. And I mean, listening to you right now, I can tell it's happening for you. And, and I'm hoping it's going to happen for people in general is that we maybe took movie theaters for granted. Yep. Right. They were always there. We could always go. People weren't going like, Oh, I'll watch it at home. Yep. Now we've been so stuck at home where the our only option is to watch it at home. I'm going to just bust free. Like I'll go see every movie that comes out. I will. I, I yeah. <laughs> right. I've I'll, been, I'll, I'll easily want to go to a theater once a week, twice a week, like whatever. I, <laughs> I'd rather go to a theater and watch a new movie than sit at home and watch TV or something else. Yeah. Or crap that I'll be like, well, I'll watch this at home cause I'm at home. No, I will go. And I like, if I can, I'll go and buy a hundred, like I'll buy a hundred dollar gift certificate and just cover my movies for the next three months. Like yeah, whatever it fucking takes to get people's asses back in the theater, because it's not like, I mean, you can talk about everything. Everybody's getting fucked right now, but that is something that 
you don't want to lose. You, you really, it is, it is a tradition. It's how things are done. They're made that way. You can't just stop going to the movie theater because then there's no point to make movies as great as they are because it's like size relevance, right? You make a big movie for a big screen, but once they start realizing people won't go to the theater, then they won't try as hard. That's just my fear. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. This whole, I, I don't know if we're going to touch on it, but this, uh, I mean, obviously uh, the pandemic has stopped releases of a lot of the new movies. Yep. Right. We know there's some big blockbusters that got held up like Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Black Widow and whatever the Eternals is probably put on hold, and who knows what other oh, movies are. Coming. Um, the Batman was put on hold to fall twenty twenty one today. Um, what else did I see? Something else. So, is... what I'm seeing, and then we're talking about some small screen stuff here too, is is it's now affecting like everybody's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna watch all these series. Um, I like Walking Dead. They couldn't finish producing the season finale for season ten. Oh, so wow. you had you had the whole season up to season nine, and then the season ten finale is supposed to come out, and it says due to the current uh, state of the world, we are able to unable to complete the season finale, so it'll going to be aired at some later date. So it's even affecting like the small screen in that sense is that they're running yeah. out of the episodes of your favorite shows because they can't film anymore. That's true. Yeah. No. It's it and it like when it's with when I mentioned before like with the script strike, the the writer strike, they. Uh, same thing like a lot of seasons just had to cancel in the middle of it because and then I think they've realized now that like you buy yourself some time by writing six to eight episodes so that you're covered instead of like week by week because that's just an archaic way of thinking and very stressful on your writers Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah no I I agree like we're gonna like we're gonna the, the well will run dry eventually if if people don't fucking stay home so we can watch tv people <laughs> uh, you know what's so scary about this mike it's only been a month really like yeah. a month month and a half since they've it, the lockdown hasn't even been a month what has it been like three weeks yep um and already this is happening like it's having this big effect on all of our lives and it's not even a month like we can't go a month without the like everything shutting down yeah and we all joked about this shit before but really we can't like we're not built we're all fucking weak. Like, I mean, well, I shouldn't say weak, but like, we're all, we're all very, uh, used to our shit. We're all used to our creature comfort. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, like, but everything at that scale, it's all knee jerk reaction, right? Like it's big corporations. It's, uh, it's the fear of the unknown. So you just cut, right? It's just, it's the instinctive thing to do. So you, you, you cut your staff for your movie theaters and then you have no staff and then, then you have no, you know, you're putting all your money into like just, you know, overhead. And then eventually it's like, really, you didn't, you didn't plan for any of this. Wow. Okay. That's all right. I mean, we it's don't really need blow, It's blown me away how uh, they always said that you shouldn't live paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah. Um, but it feels like the world really only has like a 14 day supply of anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, toilet paper, whole shit. Like suddenly people want it now we only have like a two week supply in reserve. I'm like, really? Like I would have imagined that we could stop producing toilet paper and have enough for a year. You'd think so. But stockpiling apparently <laughs> is not a big, is not a thing. Anyone's a fan of if we know anything about COVID. It blows me away. I, somebody's <laughs> going to make some really good documentaries about this whole thing. When it's done. Oh God, this is documentary fodder for years, right? Oh. There's so, so many things that are branching like climate change from this, the financial institution, mental health, 
uh, oh, travel. So many different angles of it, right? So many different angles. Like, and, and somebody will figure Netflix pro- will probably be the one to figure it out because they, you know, Tiger King and all. So, <laughs> seasons of the docuseries. <laughs> seasons of the day. That's the new thing. Um, but I, I want to get back to something that we. Oh, sorry. I, no, it's okay. It's okay. Tangents are great. Um, but I've noticed. I guess it started with me getting pissed off at a uh, hospital. I won't name because I, I, that's just childish, but a hospital in Winnipeg uh, has something about their foundation. And now they're asking for donations for COVID for their foundation. When every other day of the year, they're never asking for money to fight any disease. And uh-huh. I was like, fuck you foundation. Seriously. Like you just like everybody is obviously operating on like a very short leash. It seems even foundations, but I mean, I get it. Those are charities point of what I'm saying is, is that I've been like, when is it eventually going to happen where COVID is involved in television and movies? Like, when is it going to break the fourth wall, so to speak? And then SNL did it right. Cause they had to do their episode from home. Yeah. But this one was uh, the article I, I was looking at was about how Sesame street <laughs> was using Elmo's dad and Elmo to communicate COVID to kids now being a stepfather and, and a guardian and, and a parent um, like just an idea on a perspective of like, is that where you want, like, do you want to be able to talk to your kids about it before they have to come to you and talk about it? If they're young enough or unaware or, you know, in any situation, I guess like blending the entertainment and COVID thing, it's already getting fucked up enough with the news. I, I think we, if we've learned one thing, um, through our history is that leaving um, education about any important subject to uh, the media (laughs) or uh, anybody other than the parents for that matter, usually screws it up in one way, shape or form, whether that be some sort of sex education, whether that's uh, learning about uh, the evils of drugs, um, a la reefer madness. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think if we've learned one thing is that how high, (laughs) Right. The, the, uh, yeah. Social panic about different things. Yeah. Um, media isn't really good about giving you the straight facts and how they pertain to you. And nope. so I think in all this, we've, uh, speaking of which Jordan's 18th birthday today, happy birthday, Jordan. Yeah. Um, she, we've just kind of told her that, uh, there's a virus and, um, the virus you can catch, like you catch a cold and that's why you can't be around other people right now because it's very catchy. And, um, that's pretty much it. And you got to wash your hands and not hug people, right? When they come over and visit and stuff. And that's the reason we don't see people. That's the reason we don't do anything. It doesn't have to be this big, like hoopla, all these people that are dying or whatever else. It's just sort of, it, we're protecting ourselves from getting sick. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right? And I mean, that's all that it has to be. I get that it's a platform. It's a big platform, like any network, but like the, I guess what I'm saying is bleeding like church and state is a bad idea. Well, viruses and entertainment is a bad idea because entertainment's sole design is to take us away from this, right? The news is constant. The fucking yes. tweets are constant. So I guess Sesame street, bringing it into the thing that the parents like, Hey, here's Sesame street for my kid who maybe wants to go outside and play and yes. see his friends and now has to watch Sesame street. Well, COVID's right there. Like fuck off. Like Sesame street. Really? We don't Sesame street. I don't think it should be a news channel for kids. No, right? it shouldn't be bringing us current events really no it's and it, it it suspends disbelief because they're all 
we all know that there's just hands up asses of puppets with people on the other end. Right. But, you know, <laughs> kids don't know that. Right. So it, the big bird talking about fucking GOP bipartisan issues, what have you. No, no, leave that to the dipshit on on CNN to talk about. Let Big Bird talk about why he misses Snuffleupagus so much. That's my take. I agree 100%. I don't think, particularly children's programming, whether it's... uh, uh, And I'm going to put a caveat in here. Um, It shouldn't be blatantly directed at kids, right? The issues and stuff like that. um, Getting, Like you said, it's an escape, not uh, not another means to get a message across. Yeah. Um, or, or put a put a uh, somebody's uh, stance out there or, or push their agenda. Um, but I do like in uh, kids movies, cartoons where they they slide those the adult jokes in. Though, yeah. Like where, where it's geared towards <laughs> yeah. the parents that have took <clears throat> their kids there. That's OK. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like pop culture and current events and things that you can make fun of and have and have a, a little brevity over keep doing it it's magic it keeps both asses in the seats exactly but uh don't uh, don't start getting preachy sesame street that's not no stay in your lane elmo <laughs> exactly. stay in your lane know your place <laughs> know your role. all right so uh everybody because everybody's at home and everybody's watching a lot of shit everybody is now a leonard malton everybody is now a roger ebert right you have the ability to tell the world what you are watching and why you like it so first of all and you know we allowed this, but I just mentioned this for everybody who may have not tuned in to last week's episode. We are now allowing television for the remainder of COVID to be talked about on the show. Um, because have, the lines of media and movies has been blurred. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because you can't go to a movie theater anymore and there isn't a box office to speak of. All of all of the things that we pull from can still be done, but I mean, if, you're doing, if we're going to talk to everybody, we might as well allow television because that not everybody's watching movies like us. So uh, big brother, little brother, big screen, little screen are allowed to play together. Mark, what have you been watching? Oh goodness. What haven't I been watching? <laughs> <laughs> I have been going crazy. So I have bought into the whole Netflix is controlling my life. Um, I was a, an early adopter of Tiger King. I got in there early, <laughs> quick and dirty and fast. Um, Just like Joe Dirt, Joe Exotic. Sorry, likes it exactly. And I consumed like I did like six episodes just back to back. No, oh, no breaks, no nothing. I was like mainline that shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> just hooked in my veins. No, um, <laughs> Give me all the sparkly shirts. So I did that. Um, I went through season three of Ozark. So good, hey. So good uh it's fantastic like i honestly think that those type of series right now are rivaling um anything that really movies bring to the table a lot of the times they're telling really good stories they have good characters um good performances i think netflix has unlocked the thing and this is in my humble opinion but i think they've tapped into the fact that a lot of these actors got in to tell stories not so much act, but like I'm finding that Jason Bateman, who knew he could fucking direct, right? But oh, I know. I bet you if you asked him, he'd be like, yeah, I just started acting so I could direct one day. And I think Netflix is allowing the actor director to blossom a lot more and targeting people who like um, with uh, Chris Hemsworth, new, Chris Hemsworth's new movie Extraction with um, oh, I can never remember the brothers from Endgame and Marvel and everybody. 
Russo oh, uh, brothers. That's, yeah, Russo's. Yeah. Yeah. So they've done a movie. It just came out this week together. Now, like that's going like that. That that's setting your sights on creative, intelligent people who can do it on the cheap because Netflix likes the cheap, right? They like the best product yeah. for the least amount of money, and they have a system to do it. So, I think that's why we're seeing that. Just to, you know, counter to your point about why Netflix is kind of doing doing it so well. Hundred percent. And then, so I, I got into those. I did the, that's pretty standard. Everybody's been watching. Uh, I got into uh, back catalog. I catch, caught up and watched Homeland up to the end of season seven. Okay. Uh, all right. So what, hey, so, all right. That. To stop you there, um, what did you like about season seven the most? Uh, do you know season seven? Oh, of yes. Homeland? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. So what I actually enjoyed about it was actually the whole... let me let me stop you for a second. Season seven is female president is elected. Homegrown terrorism. Homegrown terrorism. Yes. Okay. Go on. Basically, Sorry. right? Yeah. I like that whole um, and it really it, it zeroed in on the 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 media, the right wing media. The Alex Jones um, th- character. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I found it fascinating, um, and he didn't even realize how he was uh, militarizing people of that belief. Right. Yeah, like, um, no, definitely. It's just kind he of... He was living in a fantasy world that he was pushing that agenda, but then when he gets thrown into that, the actual real-life scenario, he's like, holy shit, like, like when they tell him to go, let's go fire some guns, and he's like the the one, like, the Second Amendment, yeehaw, yeah. and he, like, hasn't fired a gun. Yeah, no, I know, and that was a really great aspect, and I, and I, I mean, as much as that show's probably written by a bunch of liberals, um, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's all bravado until you get out of the webcam and the YouTube channel and in the real life. And he was, he was just shaken. He couldn't deal with it. And they did a pretty good job of, I feel like they were trying to predict Hillary winning. Yeah. No. Right? They were trying to run a storyline with the female president um, or else they would have made a storyline about Trump somehow. Yeah, no, they're always, I think it's coming. I mean, this, this season is like, I think the season eight that I've watched, I think I've watched four or five episodes of season eight so far is still with, um, the female, I, we didn't study this. So I can't remember the names, but the female presidents, uh, Elizabeth Keene, Elizabeth Keene, thank coincidentally you. the same name as the, uh, FBI profiler from the blacklist. Oh, both Elizabeth Keens really oh. threw me for a loop. Yeah. Uh, it must be hard for you to figure out <laughs> which, which one's doing the good and the bad. Um, yeah, but her story. I haven't is... started eight yet. Okay. So I don't like, I saw, I finished seven with Carrie looking like an absolute lunatic, not having any idea who anybody was. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> they get her out. They, they, the story is there's a break. I won't ruin it for you or anybody else. Cause it's still, it's, I, I'm not even caught up, but she, it's a break between, uh, what happened with her in Russia and then they do a president, a, a prisoner exchange and yeah. they have left her off of her meds for like months. Yeah. I think it's seven months later. Yeah. And yeah. she's, I don't know if she's off her meds for the entire seven months because he tried to break her and there's a question of her loyalty because she can't recall what happened in the seven months, which is huge uh, on the show. And doesn't then, that sound an awful like how it started? It it is very much how it like it started <laughs> way back in the day with Brody. Um, but what's really interesting is right now in real life, Pompeo, the Secretary of State, um, he was trying to broker a peace deal over there. I don't know if you were yeah. following that on the news, but that's what this I, whole season is about: is that peace deal. Ah. So how they're so ahead of the curve 
when it comes to what's happening in the world when their show drops, I really want to I want to make a phone call and find out who knows what. Yeah, it's it really scary how it mirrors a lot of the stuff that's actually happening in the world. Yeah, and I mean Mandy Pan, Pan I can never Mandy say Patinkin? Patinkin, yeah. yes. Yes. He's been good. He he was kind of, I was losing it for me and then I liked Saul again this season. Yeah, I mean you you have a love-hate relationship with Saul because he uses Carrie and then he you know feels bad for it but then he doesn't remember the error of his ways and he's like I'm going to use this bitch again. <laughs> like it just like it's the they have the worst relationship. Yes, oh god, yeah. They're so twisted and and with the whole struggle with her and her job and her kid and it was crazy. What uh, what else have you? Uh, any movies? When did we get it? We got into some movies. Yeah. What did we? Um, I'm trying to think of the ones that we actually watched. We watched new, old, old. No new. We started getting into some of the ones. Um, I'm not in front of the TV right now, so I was trying to think of the ones that I put forward and then got shot down. I really <laughs> want to watch Birds of Prey, and Chrissy's refusing to watch Birds of Prey with me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we have it here too, and I was like, uh, "Do can we?" And I, I'll here. I'll tell you what I've what we've been watching. I watched, um, I watched Call of the Wild, Call 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 to the Wild, Call of the Wild. Okay. Um, which watched one trailer and thought it was about Harrison Ford as a gold miner, uh, with a dog, and the whole movie yeah. is about the dog. It's got nothing to do with the humans. It's a very dog's purpose, dog's journey. Um, okay. but because it, it, it's like the original, cause it's an old, I can't remember who wrote it now, but, uh, it's one of those classic tales, you know, like Robinson yeah. Crusoe call of the wild. Um, but it's about a dog who goes from being like a very domesticated dog in the South. And then he gets stolen and sold up North to Alaska, becomes a sled dog and he's a St. Bernard. Oh but boy. It's really fun. It is really fucking fun to watch. If you guys are looking for something that'll take you away. I mean, it's got all the cheese. It's a 20th century, 20th century studio production, which means it's after Disney bought it. So Disney got their sprinkle on it. Yeah. So if you're looking for like a fun family oriented movie, that'll put a smile on your face because everybody loves a dog. A call to the wild, if that's what it's called. I think it's call of the wild. Call of the wild. Okay. It's call of the wild. But, uh, and you get over it like the dog is CGI. Right, but you get over it pretty quick because you realize a lot of the things that they want to do with the dog, you could never do with a real dog. So you, that makes sense. Suspend disbelief in that regard. That can't be too hard. Um, what? Uh, anything pop in your mind while I was? What else? You know what? I'm trying to think. I tons <laughs> of docu- tons of documentaries. Right, sure. we've been on a crazy documentary kick. Which ones? Um, we did the Aaron Hernandez story. Oh, right was it steroids? Whole- uh, you know what it was it's it and it, it kind of ties together because I know you were watching Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, with Benoit. With Ben it's so funny that you, you we were literally starting it when you posted that on social <laughs> media yesterday. Because we had watched the whole first season of it. Okay. And we were waiting to start the second season with the two episodes of Benoit. So we watched the Aaron Hernandez story, which also was about CTE. And okay. they did uh, they did they looked at his brain afterwards and it was horribly deteriorated. It's like with they, I mean, I'm still watching the second episode, so I can't really say what, but they, they're just getting into the fact that the WWE was like, they fucked up the Monday night where they were like, here's a tribute to Benoit. And then they found out 24 hours later and they were like, we retract everything. And then they wiped him from the history books. Yeah. So what find out is that actually they introduce you to a former wrestler 
that actually left and he's doing a whole bunch of research into CTE. And did Benoit have CTE? And yeah, they're, they're positive that he had to, they don't know to what degree. And I don't know if, if they uh, dissected his brain or not. It's gotta um, be re like the flying headbutt repeatedly. Oh, and, and they talked about it. They, they went the, the specifically the flying headbutt is the originator of, it, I guess was Harley race from back in the day. Okay. And then he kind of handed that off to, uh, I can't remember who the other character was doing. The Davy Boy Smith. Okay. Yep. All right. I think he was doing it right. And then he ended up in a in a wheelchair from it, and he told nobody else to do it. And then Benoit started doing it. Yeah. And all those guys ended up just in horrible ways, um, and and the whole thing with Eddie Guerrero too, right? The same kind of stuff. Yeah. With Benoit yeah. Guerrero, how they both ended up dying. It really <laughs> is just, it's so sad because it's modern day slavery, in my opinion. Like getting, like I loved wrestling growing up, but getting closer and closer and closer and getting past the kayfabe and, and what's real and what's not. And then what's not being like, what, what wasn't real was the fact that Benoit's, like Benoit's girlfriend was somebody else's wife at the, or sorry, his ring girl was somebody else's yes. husband at the time. And that was a fake storyline where they wrote the two of them into being involved and it was part of it, but then it became real. Like that kind of shit. I mean, I'm sorry, you can't run a corporation and start causing that kind of stuff. Like there's the, eventually reality will bleed, right? Yeah. And then, so after the Benoit episode, we also watched the new Jack episode that's on afterwards about that sort of extreme wrestler. They never really uh, okay. made it big, but it really delves into, and this is what we love about the documentaries, like the real, the story behind the story. Yes. Um, it really delves into how the culture of wrestling and those action sports have um, really abused the athletes. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, and like you said, they're just using them. It's almost like slavery and, and they get into it in wrestling and they're saying how um, you had no choice, but to, to keep doing it. Like, you get a concussion, you shake it off. Cause if you say you can't do it the next day, they replace you. Exactly. You're written out of a story that isn't even real. And you're bruising your body for a fake belt that you were told you'd win. I mean, it, like comedians, actors, entertainers, they all, it's all the same thing, right? They all talk about the audience and, and a, you know, 13, 15,000 people, you know, watching the rock do his thing. Nobody else can get it. the rock and stone cold were the only two who could really get that whole room to like just a level of noise that doesn't even register. And I can understand how that could be addictive. Oh, 100%. But, uh, um, and they sacrifice themselves for it. They do. They totally do. 250 nights a year. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. So the Aaron Hernandez documentary is we just, got into, it, you yeah, got into it, it. it. Yeah. It shows his like a, a perfectly good boy, young kid. And then how he just sort of like snaps into this, like basically a triple murderer. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Was <laughs> um was his sexuality involved in all of this as well too? Hundred percent. Like, yeah. They they believe that he was uh still closet homosexual. But just like um, the NFL wouldn't allow for, you know, that personality type, that sexual choice in in the in the locker room. So Well that and Aaron Hernandez I don't think would allow it in himself because his father was one of those like the real tough dads, like okay. you know, no boy of oh, mine kind of thing. Yeah. How dare you want to wear the color pink kind of bullshit. <laughs> so he wouldn't even dare have talked that about his dad. Like there wasn't anything like that, it seems. So I've been eyeing that documentary up. There was another one that popped up from uh like if you've watched Tiger King, here's twenty other ones. 
Yeah. And it's called Tickled, and it's about a tickling competition. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I saw the the preview for it. But... Yeah. Apparently, it gets into some really dark underground sex club type shit, which who doesn't like underground sex clubs? I mean, <laughs> well, clearly, it's where I'd be if I wasn't on the mic with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love documentaries. Like it just it's so fascinating that style of movie and storytelling um being so real but it still being entertainment yeah like it's it's entertaining to know the truth as opposed to being entertained by a lie a really good lie yeah i love the idea of pulling the curtain back yeah and even even knowing that somebody's there holding a boom and a camera pulling the curtain back and then recording the response you know like I was, I'm looking at documentaries right now all the time too. Cause it's like, Oh, let's learn about life where you've always like, I'll always be like, yeah, let's watch a doc. But then I'm like, no, nah, let's watch star Wars. And <laughs> like, so, so I love documentaries about the entertainment field too, though. Yeah. I think those are the ones that have really hooked me is that it's sort of the, what we saw on camera, um, whether that be actors or, I mean, wrestlers are actors, right? They're actors, oh, yeah. performers, athletes, or whether it be like Aaron Hernandez, like football players. It's the people who entertain us. Yeah. And that's what I find fascinating is that the story behind what we see on the screen or on the TV is so much more fascinating to me at times than what was presented to us. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, there's a whole documentary about Apocalypse Now, how, how it was one of the hardest movies <laughs> to ever make because it was done on location. What the hell's the name of it? Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Wasn't it like in like was it Vietnam or? Well, yeah. No. Well, Apocalypse Now was in Vietnam, but there's a documentary about the making of Apocalypse oh, Now, and it was like a drug fueled, twenty four seven, like just massive, expensive fuck up in the heart of darkness. That is what it's called. In the heart of darkness. In the heart of darkness. It's the it's the documentary of making apocalypse now fascinating it'll 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 pull your lid back man it'll it's it's nuts it's it's stanley kubrick right like mm-hmm. it's it, and it's an angry stanley it's a young f- piss and vinegar full stanley kubrick who's like i'm taking no prisoners like very very like general on set oh, all, yeah fascinating yeah no if you're Did we talk about dr sleep speaking of kubrick we and yeah we've talked about it shiny okay yeah, we did talk about it a couple times but i mean because i did watch that you know what you should like i mean you you really should tell everybody if they're a stephen king fan why they should watch that movie <laughs> why because the shining sucked <laughs> <laughs> and dr sleep is so much better that's a that's a great reason why everybody you should watch Doctor Sleep because The Shining sucked. It, the, I think Doctor Sleep uh, puts a nice cap on the 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 sort of two movies in one. Okay. Um, it, I I don't even view it as so much as a sequel as it's sort of like it. You know how they broke it into two movies, even though in the book it bounces back and forth between present day and past. Yeah. No, I totally know what you're talking about. I feel that that's kind of what they they did in in Doctor Sleep, just not as blatantly in the book. Like they um, nodded to both. Yeah, and you but... really you you get an appreciation of the whole story and the whole uh, the whole idea of what The Shining is. You don't understand from The Shining, I don't think. No, you don't. And I mean, there is just another documentary movie. called Room Two. What's... Oh yes, about the the room in the hotel. The, the room in the hotel. hotel, yeah, and it's it's a documentary about all of the like nerdy film 
history buffs trying to tell you that it's about the 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 loss of life of the uh, Native American people and oh, like a bunch of dark political messages and like it, it's all how he's blocked the scene it's posters it's how cans are turned in certain shots like it gets really fucking meta and I'm like it's just a really bad representation of a great novel people that's that's where that's all we're talking like, speaking of books um uh I've got planned uh the girl one of the girls from Naked Bones podcast in Winnipeg yeah, they're the ones who do book to movie adaptations. That's their whole stick. Yes. So I'm talking to Jin from Naked Bones uh, on on next week's episode, um, all about how because like she's researched it, but I'm I'm kind of interested to find out how the whole process of book to movie goes and like what they're like from studying so many adapt adapted novels to movies, like what what are we missing that we don't know about as people who don't read a lot of books anymore? Oh, that would be fascinating actually. Yeah. So she, I'm, I'm super excited for that. Uh, what I'm even more excited to do is to let you get back to Jordan's birthday. But before that happens, <laughs> um, I would like to play a quick, would you rather with you? Because that seems to be part of our shtick. Um, and I left the trivia cards at work, which is the other reason why we can't do trivia today. So that's okay. (laughs) So I did this after we talked so that you wouldn't have a single fucking clue about it. So your choice for would you rather today is would you rather be cloned like Michael Keaton in multiplicity? Would you be rather be able to adjust your size like (laughs) Ant-Man? Wow. (laughs) Um, at what part of multiplicity? Because doesn't he start making copies of copies and then things just get wacky? It does, but prior <laughs> prior to the Michael Keaton to the power of 40. Um, okay. I, I, for sure, Ant-Man. Okay. Uh, just because I think the idea of uh, seeing everything from that different perspective would be fascinating. Yeah. Like, there's it's more fun to be Ant-Man, but I think I'd get more done as Michael Keaton. Oh, 100 percent. Like practicality, the Michael Keaton replication for sure. But, but just for sure, fun and entertainment and exploring a whole new world. Oh, yeah. Like like 100 percent to get really tiny and be the elephant in the well, actually be the fly on the wall. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Right. Like the biggest kick I got out of the Ant-Man movies and particularly Ant-Man and the Wasp was the like they have different vehicles and then they shrink them down and basically put them in like a hot wheels carrying case. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then game, he's walking around with the, with the, with the lab in a suit. He's got the whole lab. I've like got the biggest kick out of these. What car do you want to drive? Okay. Well, pull this one out. Right. That was, that was great. Okay. So, and, and by proxy, you've got the shrinking technology. So that's your world can shrink or grow with you. Oh yeah. You carry around, like, you know, the, the hot wheels, thing you're talking about right where you have the little slots for the cart like you you could get it for the star wars characters too back in the day where you could carry them all around in their own little pockets right i would carry that around with a whole bunch of different cars and houses or whatever i wanted to do and can you imagine how great it would be to keep everything you want in a in like a traveling action figure case can you imagine what you could carry on in a duffel bag oh my god oh my god Um, now here's a question if i'm carrying a duffel bag full of shrunken cars or whatever yeah and then I shrink myself down. Am I like shrinking the shrunken things even more? Like, are you relative? Yeah. <laughs> as in, <laughs> as in, should we call Martin and find out if it's to scale? 
I suppose you are. You're even shrinking it down that further scale. Yeah. Because it's not to, like, you're not to scale when it's of size, but are you now, because you've shrunken both you and the thing down to the same size, does the car need to be grown in size? Is that what you're saying? Why? Yeah. I'm just, I'm saying like how, I guess we discovered you can keep getting smaller and smaller until you're in the fucking the size of an atom. That's true. So, um, I like quantum realm, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, that's fascinating. You could carry around, like, never mind having them that big. You could make them even smaller and carry them around in a, in a I don't know, a pill capsule. A fucking change purse. <laughs> right. Exactly. You carry a whole, a whole, uh, garage full of cars and a change purse. It'd be so much fun to go camping with people. And they're like, Hey, ready. <laughs> Good. Would that be a blast? Got everything I need. What do you want? You want? Do you want? Do 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 you want the bungalow? Do you want the five bedroom palace? What do you want? I I got everything in this case. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Here's this is my vacation home. Right. And then, like, <laughs> technically, you could just shrink houses and take them. And everyone would just be like, "Where the fucking house go?" I always wondered about the plumbing, though. I don't really know how that works. But... Yeah, I agree. Like, you basically are you're one of those <laughs> ready-made homes. That's what you're turning yourself. You're, yeah. You know, you always got to, you have to connect to infrastructure and sewer systems. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's not that great. That's the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only bad, the only downfall I saw with multiplicity was if Westworld's taught me anything, once you make too many copies of something, you do, you stop getting fidelity. <laughs> like yes. what it, it, continuous copying of something changes the original copy. So it's, it's never really the same, which is why one is incredibly smart. One is incredibly dumb. One is incredibly rude. Like it, it, accentuates a trait out of each of them more because it's been copied, which I don't understand the science, but nonetheless, yeah. Well, in the simplest form, when you make photocopies, you know, it's sometimes the ink is a little darker on one spot and a little lighter in somewhere else. This is true. You know, it's not a perfect replica. (laughs) (laughs) Although it's amusing in a movie scenario. Yes, it when 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 one suspends disbelief, then. <laughs> but I would definitely rather be able to shrink and grow. Yeah, <laughs> at will. That's the if I had to stay shrunk, no, then I don't think so. But for anybody who's who's well. skipped to this part of the episode, we are not talking about shrinkage from getting in and out of a cold tub. We are talking about <laughs> Ant Man and how we can shrink and grow. So that's for everybody who skipped. Um, anyways, uh. This is the part. This is the end of the show. You're the last one out of the three for for this week's episode. So, um, it's great to hear your fucking voice. I miss the shit out of you. Absolutely. I hope you've been uh, uh, planking the curve and uh, cur and social distancing and whatever else. And I I go to the works. I come to the homes and I do nothings in betweens. <laughs> Yeah, to, I try to avoid the shit out of grocery stores. But. Yeah, no, I, Shauna, Shauna got, Shauna didn't even draw the short stick. Shauna just took one for the team. Uh, but we've gone back to our chef's plate, um, good food. Oh, nice. Hello Fresh, because it's just like, it's easier to run into a store and be done in 20 minutes than it is to have to really navigate in a safe way right now. Because I'm horrible when I'm going down a one way on the highway, never mind in a fucking, you know, grocery store. Uh. We're trying to do almost everything delivery. And then when we had to go to stores, we do big shops. Like yeah. we were off together last Monday or something. And we went and spent a thousand dollars in one day. That's good. See? Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> we went to three different places. We bought as much stuff as we could fit in our freezer and everything else. And then now we can just survive on going and getting produce once a week. 
Yeah. And that's kind of where we're at too. Like we've, I, this is where I'm like, fuck, I wish I had a freezer again, man. One of those big, you know, put a body in freezers from Dexter. Those... <laughs> we have a small one, but at least it's a deep freeze. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, Jason actually, he was like, if you need to store any meat here. And I was like, Oh, well, buddy, take me out for dinner first. But, uh, no. <laughs> all right. Anyways, uh, dude, Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to call. Tell uh, Christy and Jordan, I say hi. Tell happy birthday to Jordan, please. Absolutely. And, stay safe. Uh, yes. Stay healthy. And uh, let's uh, let's win this race to getting rid of COVID in our area. Fuck COVID-1920. So if, if we get rid of all of it here, yep. does that mean that like we can have a really awesome summer if we don't let anybody else in from anywhere else in the world? That's my understanding, <laughs> and I hope uh, a certain prime minister is listening to be like, let's just let Canada have a summer, and then we'll start letting like just give us the rest of summer, Mr. Trudeau. Yeah, quit letting anybody people in from other countries right now. Yeah, like it's just a couple months. We want our summer, then we'll go back to winter, and then you can do whatever you want because fuck it. Like nobody goes anywhere. But right now, it's just. <laughs> fucking give me you, i've lost all we lost all our festivals we like and i mean i'll swallow it that's fine no biggie but just give us a fucking summer exactly <laughs> anyways anyways dude. i'm gonna go consume some media maybe watch a movie sweet <laughs> see if i can sneak that birds of prey in there just put it on and <laughs> and like keep it on low and then distract her for a bit and then she'll like kind of be noticing it and then she'll be like oh what's this and then then, then you're good though because that <laughs> Perfect. All right, dude. Love you. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, man. Bye. Bye.